Here we go, KB. Yes, dude, thank you so much for being here. Stoked to be here, man. I like the hoodie, by the way. I just noticed it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was gonna like represent. Yeah, I was gonna walk in this backwards, and uh, yeah. Do you know where? Do you know how I got this hoodie? Man, I'm trying to think back. I don't think it would have. I don't know if you've never been to a TPE meetup, right? No, I wish. So it had to be that you wanted on my Twitch stream. There you go. Yep. Easter. Maybe. What? When was it? Easter. Oh, really? Yeah. Like a, I don't know. A couple Easter's ago, you were drawing. Uh, I don't even know how it was. You were like drawing random names, and then I would get you would pick a number, and that would be the Easter egg that you picked. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That was actually my wife's idea. She's like, "Why don't you buy those little plastic eggs and put a gift in each one?" And I'm like. You're a genius. I will do that. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of fun. I forgot about that. I was going to guess that it was one of my charity streams because I usually give away a lot of stuff on that particular night. But yes, Easter makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even introduce you. We just started <clears throat> BSing, man. This is uh, this is really cool for me, by the way. I like If someone would have told me four or five years ago that I was going to get the one-on-one -on -one talk with you for a <laughs> podcast or something, that would that would have been like made my day now the pressure's on i can't disappoint no you're good i've, <laughs> I've you're not gonna disappoint um like i'm a big fan of like your podcast like before you start i think you pr i don't know i haven't been in many streams lately but you probably remember that i was in yours pretty early on yeah i definitely do recall that yeah you know, i was roll route 23 yeah um I found like I was listening to your podcasts way before you started those streams, like those TPE live podcasts. Those yeah. are, dude, those are some of my favorite podcasts, <laughs> like of all different kinds of podcasts. I loved listening to those. Those were just so awesome, like an authentic. Yeah, those are some of my favorite ones to do, like the regular TPE podcast and the Midstakes Living podcast, which has kind of been retired, are both like a lot of fun but they're also a lot of work like I, as you know right like preparation time and editing and uploading and writing descriptions and all the stuff that goes into it but the tp live ones which for uh, for people who aren't familiar and most people probably aren't in fact we didn't do any this summer so uh, i know i was so disappointed i was I so know. yeah so they're basically just like we just hit the record button and just start talking about what happened that day. Usually it's done at the World Series of Poker and we'll just talk about like what happened, how do we bust, you know, interesting hands, you know, what what's been going on for the last couple of days, who who got drunk last night, who passed out. And it's so much fun to do because I literally just record it and I do add a song, like an intro at the beginning, but then I just upload it. I don't I never edit anything. I don't even make like fancy titles or anything. It's just like literally, you know. Derek plays the millionaire maker or whatever. And that's like the title. Like, I don't even get tricky with it. Um, but I missed doing them this year. And there are a lot of factors that went into not doing them. And I won't bore people with the whole story because we'll probably get into some of this. But essentially, I moved to Las Vegas and it kind of ruined everything. <laughs> it just kind of ruined everything, which you'd think it would have made it easier to do more stuff. But living in a house with my dogs and my wife, as opposed to living in a house with six dudes, 
talking poker every day, just limited the content output capability. So, but it'll be back next year for sure, or maybe sooner even. Yeah, I love like just the rawness of it. Like I, I liked like I found out the TPE live because I first started listening to your tournament poker podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. I've been listening to podcast. That's how I got started. A podcast was um, poker podcasts. From there was one. Uh, I think you're kind of like a podcast OG, right? Yeah. I used it, to listen to one from way back. I think it was Pocket Fives, a Pocket Fives podcast. Okay, yeah. I don't. Do you remember that? I mean, that was like probably yes. 2005 or something like that. Yeah, it was strange. I so I got into poker podcasts pretty early on, just because I was trying to consume as much poker content as I could. And for some reason, there was a Pocket Fives podcast, and I never listened to it. And to this day, I don't think I've heard a single episode of it. Um, for me, I listened weekly to the two plus two poker cast yeah that's and then cool. there was another big one back then called poker road that was awesome um and apparently some of those episodes have started to resurface on youtube and stuff because they had all disappeared like completely from itunes and stuff like that but that was the podcast that really made me want to do a poker podcast uh, aside from the fact that i wanted to use it to market tournament poker edge i just liked that because what got me really into poker and what really got me to launch TPE was the community aspect of poker, not so much like winning and losing, mostly losing. Um, so when I heard that, it was it was kind of that sort of like we were talking about with TPE Live. It was a very like free form, like laid back. It wasn't real like strict editing and you know the same format every week and stuff like that. It was just like a bunch of dudes talking about poker, and I was like, that's what I want to do. I think when a lot of people think, at least when I think, like I want to do one of these big trips to Vegas, one of the World Series events, and just come out there. I think like that's the dream for a lot of people. It's not. It, there's like multiple dreams, right? There's like the dream of winning the main event, and or just uh, even cashing in any event, really. But the real dream and the cool thing you look forward to is getting your boys together for a couple of weeks or whatever and just hanging out and just that camaraderie and just drinking and having a good time and just like living life like it's supposed to be for a little bit and just doing something out of the ordinary and like living it up totally i mean it's so funny you say that because when i so i started tpe when i was probably 30 i guess i would have been about 37 and I remember reading all these stories or, or hearing from friends in the poker world and stuff about, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to Vegas and me and these four guys are renting a house and it's got a pool and a pool table and a hot tub. And and they would just tell these amazing stories. And I was, like, frankly, really jealous because at this point I was married. I had a career, I had a kid. Um, I mean, I still have all those things, but I had, a you know, a day job, quote unquote day job. And I was like, man, I, I'm never going to get to do that. There's no, like, how is that ever going to happen in my life like i'm 37 i have a full-time job got a kid to raise like there's there's no way that i can ever go to my wife and say honey i'm going to vegas for two months see you when i get back (laughs) Um, and then when we started tpe the idea came of of actually doing that we're like well why don't we get a tpe house out in vegas and we'll all live together and we'll make videos and write blogs and make podcasts and do all that stuff and i remember pitching it to my wife and she was like that sounds like a really good time. You should go do that. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, now I remember why I married you. I'll keep you. <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh, 
like this is inside baseball like just from like watching your stream and your podcast and stuff it seems like you've got like a pretty awesome situation like a pretty badass wife to put up with put up with your stuff you know what i mean yeah she's pretty amazing i don't like i I, it's always feels weird to like heap praise on her or i guess any anyone you're like married to or related to because it's sort of like that well of course you're gonna say your wife's awesome you know what i mean but i've gone to vegas somewhere between a month and two months of every summer for the last seven years and not not only have i never heard oh you shouldn't go this year or don't go as long this year i've actually had the opposite where i'll be sitting there like reading updates on twitter like of WSOP events, you know, like maybe I'm not leaving for four or five days and I'm reading like the day one updates from the very first tournament. And she's like, why don't you just go already? <laughs> like, why are you still here? That's awesome. You're, you're just going to sit on the couch and read updates anyway. Get it, I'm sure you can change your plane ticket. Um, and, you know, she supports the streaming and, uh, and the fact that I play poker. And uh, yeah, she's just, she's really cool that way. I don't really know how I got that lucky, but thankful. You are probably not only from the most amount of topics or people like you've probably been brought up on my podcast more times than anybody else. I don't know if you're aware of really. That. Wow. That's cool. I was actually watching the, the bet on drew one today uh, for a little while. I think I can't remember if it was before or after I was watching the live one, uh, but I've yet to hear my name. So I need to obviously scour the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking you. There's a lot of, I've done. There's a lot of hours out there. I wouldn't ask anybody to scour. Uh, TS, like I, th- I've just brought you up, or someone's brought you up. Like we've talked, I've talked about you quite a bit. It's, <laughs> it's borderline, probably stalking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's okay. I'll take it. It's better than nobody caring about me. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I'm. Yeah, I've, I've just, I've really liked watching your. Hmm, the career is not the right word. Your presence if you will internet presence sure that's a good i've really enjoyed watching that blossom yeah it's been quite the community you've been growing and it just it's been really cool watching this evolution if you will thank you i appreciate that it's something i actually was just thinking about this yesterday very oddly um a long time ago or it seems like a long time ago i remember seeing this quote and I believe it was from Gary Vaynerchuk, but I could be wrong about that. And it was something to the extent of like, in this day and age, every one of us is a brand, like whether we want to be or not. Like if you're involved at all in social media or any kind of content creation, or even if you're just, even if you're just like a CFO at a company, but you have a LinkedIn page, you are, you are by default a brand. And I remember hearing or reading that and saying, Wow, that's really cool. And I loved brand building. You know, I come from a marketing background. I loved doing that for record companies and bands when I worked in the music industry. I loved doing it for TPE. And I was like, well, if I'm a brand, why am I why am I not spending any time building my own brand as a as a person, you know? So even if I were to go from poker into the beer business or the beer business into Twitch streaming or whatever, I can parlay that brand into growing whatever the next thing is. So that's when I really kind of like the light bulb went off and I was like, you know, I'm going to start trying to get more active in not just podcasting, but the Twitch streaming on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. Um, and it's just something I continue to try to do. And I, I, I'm not an expert or a pro at it, but I enjoy that process almost more than I enjoy the results of that process, if that makes any sense. 
like like i love i love looking at my twitch page and going, i have two new followers today you know i got them overnight and i wasn't even streaming or whatever i'm like that's cool like how did that happen like what what was the the interconnectivity of all the things that i've done that made those two people show up and hit the follow button you know um so yeah i'm just i enjoy that stuff it's cool to me yeah i'm a jackass like that too like i'll check <laughs> like i try not to check it all the time because i don't want to be obsessed about checking right. my numbers but like i'll sometimes go a couple days without it just to see what it is but for the most part i'll check the numbers and it's like i keep seeing it rise and i'm like oh if i should just get one more view that means i get an extra that would make it an average extra one view per week right like it's like oh that'd be awesome like yeah i just see these incremental little increases and it's just yep. it's, a, it's a lot of fun to watch yeah the, the stuff honestly the thing i'm most addicted to is the podcast numbers which is surprising because we've I've gotten pretty lax on doing podcasts, but I still look at them all the time. But the, the the number within those numbers that I'm so most fascinated with is to look at all the different countries where the listens are coming. Oh from. yeah, that's fun, right? It's like, how is somebody in Australia listening to me? Yeah, I'm like, wow, there's somebody. I mean, you'll you'll just like, I mean, literally every country. There's I'm, I'm like, how is somebody in Iran listening to my podcast right now? Wow, <laughs> you know, military like, military base, right? Yeah, uh, there we go. Um, so yeah, if if you're out there and you're from Iran, let me know where you heard of me. At. I'd love to know. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. If you're, especially if you're uh, non-American, that'd be very interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you've been at the podcast game for quite a while. Like, how did you? So you, you just did it as a branding kind of idea. I'm going to start podcasting, and that's like the motivation was branding. Yeah, it was pretty much just a way to market. T like, it was a free way to market TPE. In fact, in in, I can't remember the decision making process, but I kind of feel like. Like back then, I would literally do things like Google free ways to market your online business or whatever, you know, and you'd find all these like 10 ways to 10 free ways to market your business. I'd find all these articles and I would read them. And how long ago was this? This would have been it. So the first podcast launched, I think maybe six months after TPE launched. So it would have been about seven and a half years ago or about maybe about eight years ago. That's pretty OG is like yeah. the podcast world. That's that's quite a long time ago. Yeah, and there weren't like I said, there weren't a ton. There were basically two that I listened to. I don't remember if the P5s one started before or after us, but for sure the two big ones were Poker Road and Two Plus Two. And that was really about it. And I was like, well, there seems to be like a niche here. Let's just kind of go for it and see what happens. And of course, now there's I don't even know, like probably a hundred poker podcasts or something. You think there's that many? Maybe I, I think maybe if you add in like every like YouTube podcast and all the I I guess maybe active podcasts, there might not be a hundred. But I bet if you search poker podcasts, you'd find at least a hundred that have come and gone or are still active. Right. Yeah, there's today. definitely a lot out there. Do you do you still listen to uh do you listen to poker podcasts? Nowadays I pretty much listen to one. So I was still hit or miss on the two plus two podcast. I would catch it like once a month. That's the that's the one that's out of Canada, right? It's like three hours long. Yeah, uh, and it got to be, and I still loved the podcast, but Chan, it got to be a little Chan, like news heavy. Terrence Chan. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. I like. Yeah, I've been. I listen to that for a long time. That is, that's probably the best one out there, right? That's like the top of the pyramid. I would say it's the biggest. Yeah, yeah. but although they just canceled it, or they just announced that they're not doing it anymore. No, um, they they you know they made sure to say like this doesn't mean it's gone forever or it might come back in a different with different hosts or whatever but for now it's off the air wow um, 
I, so, that was a huge pot. That's a huge yeah. pot. I imagine that's like the biggest one out there. That's like huge. Yeah, I got to think it's the big. I think I remember reading somewhere. I could have this number wrong, and I probably do, to be honest. But I remember they interviewed Howard Letterer at one point. And I think I read somewhere that that episode got something like a half a million listens or something, which oh, is easily. Insane. I believe it'd be easily that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Yeah, when you think, I, when you think of how many, I mean, of all the, the guests and stories that you could have on a podcast that's going to bring in that number of listeners, it's that exact person, you know, at that exact time when everything that, was going down with full tilt poker and stuff. That's one of them, absolutely for sure. Who's, yeah, uh, yeah I love, I, I said, I loved all of your podcasts. Well, how come the one retired? Is that, is that, should I not bring that up? Is that a bad faux pas? No, not at all. Um, Mid it was Mistakes Living. I loved Midstakes Living. It's been off for like a year now, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, we did. I think we did maybe twenty to twenty-five episodes or something like that. And it was me and my friend Matt Hunt, who's also a, a instructor over at TPE. And it was at the time when we first stopped doing it. It was mostly just complicated because he lived in the UK, I lived in America, so time zone made it complicated. And then also you throw in the factor of I had just kind of started working with this beer company. Um, kind of doing that on the side. So my schedule got really busy and then he started to prepare to move to America, which is where he's at now. And basically just life got in the way and we were like, well, let's just take a month or two off, you know, and then a month or two turned into three or four, which, and then the world series was here. And they were like, well, maybe after the world series, we'll throw some episodes together. And at some point we just had a conversation. We're like, you know, let's just kind of chill. I think I went to him and said, if you want, you can continue to do it on your own. Okay, because, like, because it, I think it, it had gotten more to the point where I was holding it back than he was. Okay, so I said, you know, if you just want to do it on your own, and he said, well, let me think about it, and he didn't really like that idea from a like from a dynamics standpoint. He just felt like it would be weird to go from both of us hosting it to having one host. So he just said, oh, ah. I think that would have worked out. I just like it's the concept, yeah. you know, it's the whole concept. Yeah, I think it would have been fine. I, it might have just been that, and I can't, I don't want to speak for it, but he might have just been nervous about like the technology side, like maybe just wasn't didn't feel comfortable, like doing all the recording or maybe he didn't wasn't confident that he could drive the conversation as well. I, who knows, but, um, or he might've just been sick of doing it. That's <laughs> also sure. a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I do think that will probably come back someday. I know that the TPE podcast is going to be coming back in more full swing soon. We just did an episode actually about three days ago. I saw that. Yeah. Um, so that's out and you'll start to see more episodes from us on that front. And then I have an idea for a podcast that I might do on my own. Um, basically Ooh. completely on my own with no guests, no co-hosts or anything. Oh shit. Let's hear it. Well, I, I, well, I yeah, I'll talk about it. So I'm not going to say the name cause I don't want me to steal my name. For the that's how i was with <laughs> podcast like you get a name and you're like "Ooh, it's like a like a squirrel hiding his nuts yeah like, yeah no, exactly my i can't tell you it's my precious yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's a completely like mind-blowing creative name or anything but just to be it doesn't uh, matter what the name is let's hear, hear the concept yeah. so basically like i find myself about once a week which is kind of what made me think of the idea of doing a podcast about once a week something happens in the poker world that I'll either like hit my friends up on Skype or I'll bring it up on Twitch or I'll like text my buddies and go, did you see what that, that idiot said about this? Or can you believe that that happened at the world series this summer? Or... Can I, can I ask about one? Sure. So first of all, you, I, you do know that like my podcast is completely 
random all the time. This isn't po- poker centric, right? Right. So there'll be a lot of people that won't know some of the stuff we're talking about. That's but true. Sorry. Is, is one no? Don't don't apologize at all. Uh, I love where we're going. Are you, is one of the things you're talking about is Prahlad Friedman? Well, that's a very good example of something that I would talk about. Yeah. Like when he made that tweet. Which I, um, I, almost, I almost got him on the podcast. We we went back and forth on Twitter and we I almost uh, got him. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like a lot of things like that. Or like, you know, like so I, it doesn't like you've been playing a ton of poker lately, but you know, ACR poker has been having like some issues with DDoS attacks and always, always. Yeah. And like the site goes down for an hour or whatever. And and I so you see all these Twitter exchanges about it and people arguing back and forth, and I'm always like, man, I wish. I kind of want to say what I'm thinking about it, but I don't really feel like typing for an hour and I don't right. feel like writing a blog. And I, and so anyway, my idea is to basically do a podcast where I rant about something for 20 to 30 minutes, whatever's going on in my mind related to poker that week. And it could be, I mean, it could be like a big news story or a big happening, or it could just be like something about, you know, how you need to improve your mindset. If okay. you're going to be a successful poker player or just basically whatever's on my mind that week. So I'm trying to think like, what would it be? I'm trying to think if there's anything this week where I'm like, wow, did you see that? And I can't think of anything, but like maybe I'd rant about Colin Kaepernick or something. I don't know, even though that's not poker related, but you know, like that kind of news story where it's like the trending topic, basically. I like it, man. I love it. I, I killing birds corner. I mean, you already yeah, have a name, yeah. but yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. In fact, now that I say trending topics, it kind of gives me an interesting idea, which you could just take the highest trending poker topic on Twitter. Are there make, that many? That the week. There's that many poker things that come up every week that you can rant 20 minutes. Like, I, I, I don't follow the poker world a ton anymore right now. Like, I go in spurts, but right now, you're right. I haven't been deep in the poker world yeah. as of late. But it, weekly, there really is, I guess, it's a big enough community. Yeah, I think the question is, would there be enough things that I cared about enough to talk about that week? You know, because I would say there's always some, I mean, there's always the most talked about thing that week, whether it's very talked about or not talked about much, but there's always the most talked about thing. So if you pick that topic, I guess it would be cool, but I don't care about most of this stuff. You know, so if it's like, oh, this casino down in Oklahoma canceled their tournament series and they're not refunding the players satellite money or like i don't care about that enough oh yeah that's <laughs> I, not really a thing right yeah, yeah i would just be like well okay everybody's talking about that right now but i'm not I, like i'm not gonna rant about that because i don't add i'm not there and i don't know the details and i just don't care enough to deal with it but you know if there was some big happening like you know somebody getting kicked like like i don't know maybe when like here's probably a good example which won't make sense to non-poker players but that's all right we'll we'll bring them along we'll, we'll yeah we got this like when chris ferguson won player of the year at Jesus. the World Series, yeah, Chris Jesus Ferguson, who he can throw a he can throw a playing card really fast through a watermelon. <laughs> yes. Look out, guys! <laughs> yeah, uh, but he's a very controversial figure, and most people hate his guts. But he was he won 2017 Player of the Year. So this year is the year where they raised his 2008 or the summer was the summer where they raised his 2018 player of the year banner. Right. And, you know, and everybody was talking about, Oh, you know, should, is everybody going to boo? Are they going to like curse him out when he's up there, like accepting the, the award or whatever? Like, what are people going to say to him in the, in the hallways when he's walking like that is kind of a good example of something that I would probably talk about for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And just, even longer that that's a pretty big topic yeah, yeah that's a long story well, and one thing i thought about is that i didn't want to get to a point where i was where i was doing a newscast so i didn't want it to be like 
here's the background on the full tilt story and here's who chris ferguson is and you know here are all the details and here's how much money was taken and here's when the government refunded i don't want to get into that i just want to be like okay fucking chris uh, for those of they <laughs> that know like so it's going to be geared towards of people that are kind of already knowledgeable in the poker world yeah to be tuning in right Okay. And in a way, it, it, it's, it might be the first time where I do a podcast where I don't really care that much how many people hear it. Because all I really want to do is kind of like get some things off my chest. Like things that I would probably spend some time talking about to my friends and, and viewers and stuff. But this will just save, save me time and <laughs> make it real easy. And I, I can like be like, it. hey, like for the, yeah, for the 50 of you who care what I think about this topic, here's the podcast this week. Check it out. That's what I've said about this podcast. I don't care how many people are watching it or listening to it. I'm just doing it for because it's fun to do. And yeah, when I get as few views and watch listens, I have to say that <laughs> hey, they all start somewhere. No, it's actually it's grown. It's it's fairly respectable. It's no it's no TPE numbers, but I'm coming <laughs> after you, big boy. We're we're waiting. We're waiting. Yeah. Uh, let me just pour this beer here. I what what nice. I love about uh, there's so many things I love about you. Uh, no homo is the, <laughs> your your love of beer. I mean that was one of the like you know I'm obviously a big time beer snob. And uh, yeah, how long always, how long have, yeah how long have you been into craft beer? Do you remember kind of anything that brought you towards that? I guess it was probably. You know, I, it's funny. I, like a lot of people will say, like, "What was your first craft beer?" or "What was the beer that got you into craft?" And I don't remember. I kind of remember, like, so okay. I was always a, I was always a whiskey drinker. Um, like I didn't really, I didn't really drink. Like I wasn't one of those guys who drank in high school. I, I didn't really drink in college until probably my junior year when I joined a band, and then I went off the deep end. But I was a whiskey drinker until. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. The stereotype of band is that for real? Like band is like some freaks and some partiers and like they get down pretty much for most i mean you know i guess there's probably many many exceptions but i mean i was in a band that was basically like 80s hair metal influenced so like you just grew up watching like nikki six on stage with a bottle of jack daniels so as soon as you were old enough to play guitar and drink jack daniels that's what you did right on okay <laughs> i didn't mean to cut you off but no I that's okay um so yeah so i was always a whiskey drinker and sometime it must have been like 2005 or something. I think I ordered a beer, but I ordered I, – I didn't really like beer, so I decided to get something kind of different. And I don't think it was very different. Like I think it was like a Sam Adams or something. You know what I mean? But in my mind, it wasn't a Bud Light. That's funny. That is a Coors Light. Yeah, that would be – when I was in the uh, serving industry – and I was in a kind of I was at Red Lobster and they didn't have shit for craft brew. It was like Amber Bach or something else. Right. But I, th I think we had Sam Adams. And if it was somebody that was like, oh, I don't really want beer or whatever. I was like, try that. This is a little different. So I'll be the Sam Adams because that, that's a very yeah. good like training wheels, different beer. Exactly. Yeah. And that kind of got me moving in that direction. And then I and I kind of knew that craft beer existed, but I do recall. I wonder if this was my first craft beer. So I went hiking with my dad in Montana. Oh, and after we were up in the mountains for like five or six days and we were driving. So on our way out, we were driving down and we were like, man, I can't wait to get like, you know, some food and a drink. Cause all we had was water, right? For like the last five days. 
So we're driving out of the, out of this area in Montana called Red Lodge, Montana, and we passed a brewery called Red Lodge Brewing. And we were like, they probably have burgers. <laughs> Let's go in there. Uh, and we pulled in, and of course, it's, it was a brewery, so you couldn't buy Bud Light or whatever. You had to get whatever beer they were making. You had to get um, real beer, yeah. Yeah, so that, uh, that very well could have been my first beer or craft beer, but I don't remember for sure. But I didn't really get serious about it until I moved to Raleigh, where there's a big craft beer scene. There's probably 60, 70 breweries in the Raleigh area. Wow. And, um, and it's kind of one of those things where once you're there, you can't help but be engulfed in it. You know, you get sucked into it almost without, you know, it's like the tractor beam on the Death Star or something. You know, it's like craft beer over here. That's, and, a, really, that's a really good culture to get sucked into. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I just, I fell in love with it immediately, like much faster than I fell in love with the poker world. You know, like I, I dug the entrepreneurship aspect of it. I dug obviously the taste and flavor of craft beer. I loved the people that hang out at brewery. Like I know like craft beer fans get this, like, like this stereotype of being like pretentious hipsters, you know, and all this stuff. But I never really felt that way. Like I, I met like all the people I met in craft breweries are all like, kid, you know, young people working at startup companies and stuff like that, which I guess could be considered hipster, but um and then i started brewing like just basic home brewing you know my wife i think my wife got me like a homebrew kit for christmas or something like a 75 five dollar homebrew kit and and that's kind of when i was like okay i want to like learn this for real you know like i want to study it get to know it um and yeah and i just started i got to the point where i was just all i would do is just go f- search for beer to buy things i'd never had and try it and i was i've been addicted Maybe literally addicted, but also addicted <laughs> for you know forever since then. Are IPAs your favorite? They are, although I definitely go through uh, sort of seasonal changes, as you will with craft beer. So, like right. you know, it's gonna it's gonna start getting cool pretty soon. So I'll move into stout mode here pretty soon. Right. Um, and I do enjoy a good pumpkin beer, so those will be rolling out pretty soon too. Oh, yeah. Um, my problem is, is that I don't really like, even though there are some, there are craft brewers making some really good light beers, you know, like lagers and pilsners and, you know, wheat, wheat beers and things like that. That's the stuff I don't really like. So I like, I I like really bold, heavy stuff. So stouts, porters, you know, triples, IPAs, things like that. So even when summertime comes around, I don't really go into like summer shandy mode or anything. Uh, Those are disgusting. Those are for (laughs) college girls. I I know a lot of my you know a lot of my beer friends like when as soon as summer rolls around it's like okay Bell's Oberon or like whatever other like light right. wheat drinkable beer comes around and I just never really move into that mode so IPAs are basically my my that's, summer beer <laughs> that's my that's my summer beer too that's yeah. a light crispy you can see through it almost yeah and I might get like a you know I might get like a session IPA if I'm going out on the boat or to the beach or something so that I'm not completely plastered halfway through the day right but I'll almost never get like like I said like a like a wheat or a hefeweizen or anything I just I need I need more flavor how about sours do you like sours I've started to get more and more into sours, especially because there's a bar here in Vegas called Aces and Ales, and they have a really good beer menu. They have 50 taps and then a bunch of stuff in bottles, and they have a ton of sours. Um, so I've been trying more and more, but it's definitely the area, like sours and like gozas and stuff like that. That's like where I'm, I have the least knowledge, especially because the brewery that I worked with didn't do any sours. So I don't know a lot about the brewing process behind those or 
you know, I could taste the sour and go, I like that, but I couldn't talk about the flavor profile like the way I maybe could talk about an IPA. You know, I would just be like, yep, that's sour, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's got raspberry in it. Like I can taste the raspberry and it's sour. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got there? Is that a stone? Yeah, tangerine ton, uh, or something? yeah, stone tangerine express. Yeah, that's a good Which, one. Yeah, I like it. And that's kind of that's a good example of like a nice drinkable summertime IPA. You know, it's got a yeah. little tangerine to it. It's only six, I think it's only six percent ABV, so it's a little more laid back. Um, but more importantly, it's the one IPA that they carry at the liquor store right down the street from my house. <laughs> so that's, uh, it's what I bought. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm drinking. Uh, my super local one that's like within running distance they have like two ipas just uh the boulevard single wide yeah. apa and lagunitas maximus oh uh, yeah so i went with the uh boulevard nice yeah. yeah they used to distribute that in north carolina when i lived there but i think they stopped distributing there i'm not sure i just stopped seeing it but could just be that i stopped noticing who knows it's, it's good it's a good brewery they're really they make some phenomenal beer yeah no doubt so yeah, so then that kind of it, it much like with poker, like I was like, oh, I like poker. I'm gonna try to find a way to learn all about this or or get into this industry. It kind of happened with beer too. You know, I started brewing and I started collecting beer or whatever. And then I was like, I think I'm gonna go work at a brewery. How old were like, you? How old were you when you started getting into craft brew? I guess I would have been about thirty-five. Okay, Something that's like that. a great. That's a great age to get into that. Yeah, I mean, the kind of the nice thing about it is that you can afford it then. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, and and like your if you're, palate's if you're, more reformed, and your brain's more yeah. functional at that point. Yeah. Hope. <laughs> and you've probably kind of gone through, like you know, like I went through a little bit of a wine kick, and I, like I said, I had gone through a bourbon and a whiskey kick. So I, I understood the idea that you should drink for the, the enjoyment and the flavor, and not. You know, not like when I was in college where I was just like, oh, we're doing, you know, cake stands? Cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah so, it's, all, yeah. It's, it's all about quality, not quantity. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I guess six years ago, I just was like, I'm going to go work at a brewery. And I just basically started going to, like, breweries and to, like, different beer events and meeting people. And, um, and I started talking to a guy became friends and i was like i'll come he's like we're looking for a guy to do or we're looking for somebody to do social media for us one hour a day like that's you know that's, wow yeah wow. and i was like and i and of course i still had tpe at the time and i was playing poker and i was like well that's perfect like i can get into the industry but i don't i don't really have a huge commitment you know so i said to him like i'll do it and i said you don't even have to pay me I'll just do, I'll just manage your social media, you know, do all your tweets and stuff. And I'll probably just, sound, it probably sounded kind of fun for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was definitely not like I was looking for a job. I was just like, I just want to be in that world, you know? And, right. and he's like, he, and he basically came back and turned me down and said, I, I can't pay you as little as I want to pay you. And I'm definitely not giving you, or I'm definitely not going to make you work for free. So I'm going to hire somebody else. And I was like, oh, and I, I kind of tried to express to him, like, no, you don't understand. You'd be doing me the favor. He felt like he was like, like he was uh, dishonoring me or so, you know, like, oh, you have all this experience, you have master's degree and you have a family. Like, I can't pay you whatever it would have been like eight grand a year or whatever, you know? And I said, no, you can. And he was like, no, I'm not doing it. Um, and then like a year later, he came back and he said, okay, we're thinking about expanding the job and it'll be like what if, two. What, if what if you countered him and said you're right you can't just give me six <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been better <laughs> but i like understood like his point right. you know, they, they really just needed somebody to literally sit there and be like 
you know, if somebody tweets, what are your hours respond and go, you know, right. two to seven or whatever. <laughs> right. so I got, you know, I understood it. Um, but yeah, like a year later he came back and he goes, we're expanding it a little bit. Like, you know, we want somebody who can like maybe update our website a little bit and also do like our newsletters. And he goes, would you be interested in doing that? And I said, yep. Uh, so I came on board and then it eventually grew into pretty close to a full-time job. Um, before I quit to move to Las Vegas. Uh, but I love it. The beer industry is so cool to me. It reminds me a ton of the music industry just in a hundred ways. And, uh, and you get free beer. <laughs> so it's perfect. This is the greatest. Wow. Your life fascinates me, KB. That's why you've been brought up on this podcast. Like, <laughs> like I, I think the quote that I, I said to somebody was that you're doing the damn thing. Yeah. That's it's like, I, it's amazing how you've crafted, like you've, you've done it, man. You've cheated the system. Look at you. Yeah. It was kind of an accident. I, so when I left college, I, all I knew is I wanted to work in the music business. I don't really know what that meant. I, I want to start even before that. Did you, you, you didn't listen or watch my TSB episode, did you? No. Okay. I, I went on a little, uh, tangent or something <laughs> on about the, the Upers cause you're from the UP, right? Oh, upper, yeah, upper, right. upper peninsula of Michigan. Yeah. How far north of like the Mac? How far north of Mackinac would you have been? Basically, like so. It, it would take four hours to get from the bridge to my house. Holy shit! Um, but it's kind of like you, you go straight up and then you go across. So it's kind of like uh, east or west? west. Okay. So right at the tip of Kiwana Bay, if that means anything to anyone. Uh, uh, the other way I always describe it is closer to Green Bay than Detroit. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, but yeah, right on the right on Lake Superior. You know, three inches or three hundred inches of snow a year, like legit what, up north. <laughs> what is that? What do you ever talk about that? Like growing up in that kind of environment? Yeah, I've kind of like shed a lot of it. I mean, I, it definitely comes up like people on my stream. I'll say, "Where are you from?" or whatever, and I'll yeah. talk about it. Um, but I don't have a lot of like contact with people there anymore. Like I've been back. I've so I left the UP in 1990, and I think I've been back three times. How since did you? Then. How did you get out of there? Basically, went to college. It, it, even that was only going downstate, but at least got me out of the UP. You know? But was that hard? Was that like frowned upon from where you were from? Like kind of like, hey, why are you going so far away? Or was that like encouraged? It was definitely frowned upon for most people. Right. Um, my parents were from down south near Detroit, oh, and they had okay. we had just moved up there because my dad got transferred at his job. What did he? Um, do? He worked for the state highway department. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for a lot of people, it was definitely frowned upon. Like it was very much like, oh, you don't like it here, or you right. know, you're trying to get you know, you're going to the big city or whatever. Um, but I think my parents always. Well, three things. My parents always knew I was going to leave the UP because I didn't make it a big secret that I didn't like it very much. Right. I can't uh, believe there's not much to like up there. It's, it's yeah. Just, if you're yeah. a hunter or a fisher, basically, you'll love it. And even, I was neat. Even then. Even then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the I'm winters are so fisher, cool. I wouldn't want to be up there. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a it's a, a hard place to live. Like you, This sounds weird, but you see people from there. You can tell they've lived a harder life than you. You know right. what I mean? Like in their face, you know, like they're worn out, <laughs> you know, right, right. worn out skin and their houses are falling down. Their cars are all rusted out. It's just like, it's a rough place. Michigan um, is such a weird state. Like, I, like, you know, I'm from Michigan too. Um, yeah. And it's just like, I go back there and drive to, uh, I was, do you know where Alpena is? 
I know the name, but I can't place it on a map. Okay, so it's like it's not far south of Mackinac. It's like maybe forty-five minutes, and it's on Lake Huron. So it's oh, okay. It's northern of the, you know, up up here. Right, right, yeah. So kind of like, uh, man, not even further north than like Bay City, right? Yeah, I lived in Bay City, way uh, a couple about maybe two hours north of Bay City. Okay, on, on the Lake Huron, right on Lake Huron. Um, so yeah, I lived up in there in a tiny town. It was a military town, and then the uh, the base shut down, and then it was just turned into this ghost town. Of it's a uh, yeah. it's like population of like a thousand people, wow. and just and, and when you you know how Michigan is, you go up there and you're going through these towns that are towns of a thousand people, like population of a thousand. Right. Yeah, I mean my my town was. Uh, I think now it's smaller. I think at the time it was twenty two hundred people. I think now the population is around eighteen hundred, and my like my high school graduating class was fifty people. Yeah, which is just <laughs> crazy. like I talked to my friends like I oh you know I had twelve hundred people in my graduating class I'm like what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there, and I will say there are some nice things about that. So like I told you, I've been back there three times. How how Tw old were you when you lived there? What were your ages? I would have been let's see about thirteen, uh, maybe twelve to eighteen. Yeah, right around there. Was that middle school? Middle school through high school? Yeah, seventh grade through twelfth is when I was like after we moved. Oh man, that must so, have been hard. That must have been hard for you to move. It was age. a little weird. The one nice thing is that I was going. I was doing that transition from six, you know, uh, uh, middle yeah. school, I guess, to junior high. Right. So I was changing schools anyway. Right. So it's not right. like it. It wasn't like a full on like I'm leaving all my friends. Even I was, but. I was leaving a bunch of them anyway because there were three or four different high schools, so we were all splitting up. Right. Um, but yeah, so it, at the time it didn't seem hard, but then once I got into music and I started playing guitar and stuff, I was just like, "This place is horrible because I can't get a band together. There's no nobody plays music. <laughs> There's and no every, internet. And, There's no YouTube. Yeah, everybody thinks I'm a freak because I, you know, I was into '80s hair metal, so you know, I was growing my hair out and I wore, you know tight jeans and put eyeliner on and so i was just like a weird like outcast <laughs> and the other thing was is that my uncle my aunt and uncle both worked at central michigan university in southern michigan mount pleasant yeah so i knew it was always sort of known that i was going to leave the up and go to central michigan because that's where my uncle was and he told me i could have a job and i had to pay my own way through college so i knew if i went there i could get a good job work and most mostly start a band. I really didn't go to college because I thought I wanted a degree. I thought if I went to college, start a band. That's a great idea. Yeah, I was like, well, I, I know there'll be tons of musicians there. Like that's what you hear about college. Right? Like all these guys starting bands. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go there. Uh, I ended up loving college weirdly because I hated high school, but um, it wasn't my motivation for going there. But that was basically how I escaped. And I, like I said, I never really went back. I guess you know I should I shouldn't say I. I shouldn't say I never. I've only been back three times because I, you know, of course, during college I would do like Christmas or whatever. But, but once I graduated, I've been back three. Graduated college, I've been back. I think three times. And well, I was going to say so. Two of those times have been for class reunions, and that is the one nice thing about a small town like that is I know every single person in my class, and I was friends with every single person in my class. Like we didn't have a lot of clicks because we only have fifty people. There's really no click. <laughs> you know just what I mean? One big click. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like we're fifty people. Like, who? How? What are we gonna do? Split up into like, you know, groups of eight or what? You know, like there's no clicks. So I will say that was one nice thing. Like I, you know, I'm was friends then, and I'm still friends today with you know, 
football players, the guys who play guitar, the you know the popular girls, the nerdy guys. Like I, you know, I know everybody. Are a lot um, of them still living in that town? Yeah, I would say, man, like probably thirty-five out of fifty or something like that. Wow, do do a lot of them follow follow you? Because you're like an easy guy to follow. Like, yeah, like I definitely get a lot of um, I get a lot of messages saying things like, and this sounds like me bragging, but I'm not trying to. Hey, I I really, it's not bragging. <laughs> yeah, I really do get a lot of messages from my high school friends saying things like. Oh, I wish I could do that, or I wish I had gone to LA, or I wish I could have started a band and toured the country, or that's so cool that you get to live in Vegas now. Like, and I was like, you know, you can do that too, right? <laughs> like, even not, not, not even anything that extravagant. You can just pick up and move to Detroit or something. And just yeah, or yeah, or move to Green Bay, or move to Minnesota, you know, St. Right. Paul, Minnesota. Right. Or like, there's cool places to live and still be near home. Well, you know? not only that, but I think a lot of it is just like I don't know if I think they fear like the monetary aspect of it, and it's like I and I'm just projecting my thoughts here but i imagine in a small town like that they're not making more than what 40 grand 50 grand a year yeah it, you probably know, I, just, I actually like you just that, you can do that anywhere yeah i was actually just having a conversation with somebody about i don't remember what we were talking about but we got on the topic of of like the median income from where we came from and i didn't know what it was so i looked it up it's thirty six thousand dollars is the median income in the town i grew up in yeah that's yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was overshooting quite a bit. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd be I mean, a baller at fifty. Yeah, <laughs> but that's yeah. I mean, that's crazy to me. And it's it's a weird town too because it's um, it's the highest percentage of of alcoholism or the highest alcoholism rate in the state of Michigan is in our county. How do and they I th- measure that? I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe literally by the number of people going to AA or something, but I guess that would make it very anonymous. Yeah, I don't know how they measure that. <laughs> maybe right. just surveys. Like, they just say, are you know, Maybe drunk maybe tr- drunk driving and hospital visits or something. Who knows? Yeah, that actually would probably be the way. Um, and it also has a really high unemployment rate, I think around 18%. Michigan's like that. It's crazy. Michigan is a weird... I've lived all over the country. I was a military brat, but I was born and raised in Michigan. I, I claim that as home. And I go back there, and Michigan really is just a strange state when you compare it to a lot of other states. It's a yeah. really, it's weird. It's like a hillbilly state, but different. Yeah, and uh, the thing I've always noticed is you could even get into like, like the suburbs of Detroit, and you're still in hillbilly land. Oh you know? yeah! Like, oh yeah! Oh like, yeah! Like I, you know, I, you know, I say, oh, I went to, I went to Mount Pleasant to Central Michigan to like to get away from the sticks. 90% of people who drove through Mount Pleasant would say that is the sticks. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> but to me, it was like, wow, they have like Especially fast food restaurants and movie theaters and record stores. I didn't have any of that in my town. Las so I was just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we were talking about that recently, weren't we? I'm or was that somebody with... else? No, I brought that up on your stream, the Las Senoritas. Yeah. Good old <laughs> Chicago burgers. Mm. What, t- what years were you there again? 90 to 95. Holy shit. Let me think for a minute. 90. Let's see. I would have been. How old are you? If you're in like uh, 11, 11, year old, 11 years old, what grade is that? That would be. I'm so bad at this. Uh, maybe like sixth grade. Because uh, fifth or sixth grade. Because then you have six years of high school and you're graduated at 18. So, yeah, you'd probably be fifth grade. 
Oh, my fifth grade year, I was in Mount Pleasant. Okay. I grew up, uh, I basically grew up on that campus. Wow. On, uh, yeah, I was, I, I, I basically grew up on campus to it. Yeah. Um, I, I had a great time there. I love, I actually loved that town. It's like, awesome. I, uh, some of the ba- uh, football players babysat us at that time. Oh, so nice. we, we were there in like the late 80s, like 88, 89, 90, probably last year, 86, 87, 88, 89. It's probably when I was there. Yeah. I have an early memory of going to a football. I, we would go to the football games all the time. We got to go in for free because after a second half, it was free. Oh, nice. I don't even remember that. That's crazy. And we lived. Uh, we lived like a block and a half from the stadium. We would just walk, my brother and I would just walk there. They would have marshmallow fights. Did you have guys have marshmallow <laughs> fights in the stands? No, but that sounds awesome. <laughs> That's great. That was like a big thing for a couple of years. It was just, everybody brought bags of marsh, like the big jumbo marshmallows and just yeah. throw them and just have these giant marshmallow wars. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> God, that must've been hell to clean up. I feel bad for the maintenance crew <laughs> oh i never even thought about that yeah at least it wasn't like super hot summer where they would be all melty yeah true and the, the, one of my earliest memories as a child actually is going to one of those mount pleasant <clears throat> the chippewa games and there was a college student that took us there and we were sitting towards the end zone it was during the during the game and he said hey i dare you to run out to the middle of the field and then run back I was like, no way. He's like, yeah. I was like, all right. And I did it. I ran all the way across in the middle of the game, in the middle of the end zone, and then came all the way back. (laughs) Yeah. So you outran security? No, this was early, late, mid, late eighties. There was no security, and it was it was CMU. You know how small? I mean, there was like, oh yeah, just a few. Yeah, because Central's kind of gotten pretty good now in terms of football, but back then they were. Yeah, back then it was like you're talking maybe a thousand people in the stadium yeah that seems you know? right i didn't i didn't go to a lot of games when i was in college for some weird reason um but when i did they were always very small like you sit in a student section you'd be like front row <laughs> like right. you couldn't you couldn't get better seats you know yeah but yeah um, now they're actually like you know i mean they had a they had the number one pick in the nfl draft like three years ago it's insane i have uh oh i saw your tweet so you're a fantasy football player which i've i've known i've <laughs> I'm in one of my leagues is a keeper league. I've had Antonio Brown for years. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. He's a CMU guy. Yep. There's actually a great article out there where he talks about his decision to go to Central Michigan, and I won't recount the whole thing, but it's a really interesting read if you care about Antonio Brown or Central Michigan. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's amazing. I uh, So what's – so? You're coming up. You've got a podcast coming up. Killing Birds Corner is what I'm calling it because you're, <laughs> you're not going to tell us your secret name. That's right. It's going to get stolen. <laughs> um, how you went. So you recently went to Vegas. You're talking about and you went from North Carolina to Ve- Was It was North Carolina, right? Yeah. Yep. That's what Drew did. Was Drew? Drew went North Carolina to L.A. Right. Right. I had yeah. him on the podcast recently. Um, yeah. What I, I kind of know a little bit about that, but you you just kind of packed up everything and you and your wife said, hey, let's go somewhere. And you guys eventually settled on uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. So it it's kind of we've kind of done this a lot. Um, like right. when we graduated from college, we were like, 
I want to move to LA. And we're like, okay. So we threw everything in a truck and I, I had $300 in my pocket when we moved to Your, your wife is from the same town you are, right? Yeah. She was born and raised in Lance though, up in the UP. Wow. That's even harder for her to get out of there. Was that hard for her to get, move away from all that? I don't think so. Cause she kind of like, she did like the sort of transition. So we did a year at different colleges. So she went to Lake Superior State University, which is in the UP. Ooh, they got a good hockey team. Yes, that's the one thing I always remember about that. <laughs> so she was there for a year, and then she transferred to Central, where I was at. And then, you know, we did two or three more years, or whatever, and graduated and left. So she kind of did like the slow transition out. I don't think she was ever like, I don't think she was dead set on leaving there, but I don't think she was ever against it either. Just kind of like she just sort of slowly evolved away. But certainly when we moved to LA, like she was very much ready to do that. By then we definitely knew we weren't going back to the UP, you know, like we were, we were going somewhere. <laughs> I don't know why anybody would live anywhere in Michigan really outside of maybe like Detroit or Grand Rapids or something like that. I just, that state is just, uh, I don't understand it. Yeah. And the economy is brutal there. right? That, now, that's so what I'm saying. The economy yeah, is even, a fucking disaster. Yeah. So, yeah, so we had done, and I'd also done an internship in New York city where we, uh, I guess it was my junior year of college where we moved there and just lived in like a studio apartment. We had no money. We had no TV, no bed, no wow. phone. How so old were you? I guess I would, I couldn't drink yet. So I would have been wow 20, I guess. Wow. You, so you went from Michigan from, from, from college life to the big city life in New York. Yeah. With and her, was, with, with your wife, with, with your, what was Yeah, your, We weren't married yet, but yeah, but, she came but, with me. Wow, what that yeah. dude that so your story is so amazing and there's all these other little small stories that I bet nobody knows about. What was that like? What was New York like for a little it, Michigan couple Michigan a Michigan couple going to the big city? I've never been in New York. What yeah, it was insane in hindsight. I was like it's funny how many of these things I've talked about my wife and I were talking about moving to New York or not talking about reminiscing about when we moved to New York uh, just yesterday. It, I had basically got an internship. And at that time, the internet existed, but wasn't as nearly prevalent as it was now. So I had barely, literally like, yes, yeah, so I had I had written a resume, you know, typed up a resume and put it in an envelope and sent it to a company. And they called and we talked on the phone. And they're like, okay, well, if you can be here on this day, you know, your internship will start. But I didn't have any money. And like I said, I was paying my way through college. So I had basically what I had was maybe like a couple hundred bucks, you know, like enough to like, wait for the next paycheck and then I paid my rent and bought food and then I waited for the next paycheck. So we had no money, but you know, New York city is not cheap. So basically what I did is I, I took my credit card, which maybe had like a, I don't know, like a $5,000 credit limit or something. <laughs> and I did cash advances and you could do a one, you know, one cash advance a day for $300 or whatever. How old are you KP now? Yeah. Right now. 47, 46, 46. God. Sorry. God, really? God, I, I thought you were, I thought you were younger. You look really good for 46. It's the beer. <laughs> the beer so. keeps you young. Sorry, I hate to. I'm sorry. I, I'm really oh, good at okay. tracking, but it's okay. The handsome devil, you go on. <laughs> so I, I took cash advances on my credit card every day until it was maxed out. So I had, you know, maybe like $4,000 or whatever in my pocket. And I didn't have any place to live. So when I went to New York City, I took a bus and I when I went there, I had no place to stay. I just literally like, it's like the movies, right? Like you just, you like get off the bus and you have like two bags and you're just like, the fuck do I do now? <laughs> you Are you know? kidding me? You really did that shit. That shit's yeah. real. 
Yep. Here in New York, I'm coming. I got an internship. What did you do? Holy <laughs> shit. I literally like went and got the Village Voice news, uh, which is like the local newspaper, you know, entertainment newspaper, or whatever. And how I just did looked- you, how did you know to grab that? It was just the first thing you saw, or what? I, I think I just said, "Well, I'll just get there and get a newspaper." Because this is you have to, people have to remember this is before smartphones. You couldn't just Google something like right. you step off the train and like what you see a magazine rack. Yeah, I think my plan was I'll get there, I'll just find the newspaper, and I'll look in the classified ads okay. for apartments you know right. like i'll just find one. Oh my and, god and yeah like you said no smartphones so like so i i you know I, I think if i remember right i think i went to two so i think i found two and i was like well that's you know 500 a month i guess i can afford that how much preparation did you do before going out there none wow yeah like zero like i didn't what? know anybody i had no I had no place to stay. I didn't know where I didn't know what was a nice part of town, what was a bad part of town. Because again, like why? Yeah, like not to harp on the like the the no internet thing, but no, like there wasn't really an easy way to go, well, where should I live in New York? You know, now you would just go on Reddit or whatever and be like, hey guys, what's the best place to live in New York City? You know, and you'd find out all this information. Then it was just like look around and go, oh, that building looks pretty cool. It's so (laughs) weird. It is so weird to think about how we used to live compared to how it is now like how easy and soft we uh, are now because yeah. of that shit so true um but yeah so i literally just like found you know went went to visit a couple of apartments that said they were for rent and i was like i want to rent an apartment and they wanted to do like credit checks and everything but of course i had no credit because i was a college kid and i said right. i'm only here for four months i said here's the money like i'll pay you all of it in advance 2500 or something yeah like whatever the you know two grand 25 whatever it was and they were just like I don't think they were used to that. They probably thought I was rich <laughs> or, a, or a drug dealer or something, but I was literally, I was the opposite of, of rich. Um, and they were like, okay, well, here's your key. It was almost like checking into a hotel. It was the That's weirdest That's a really thing. smart way to do it. Just here it is up front. And then that puts pressure on you, gives you a timeline, but then it also takes the pressure off of you because you have a home for the next four months. Yeah. At least I knew I didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Know? But like when I say we lived like bare bones i'm talking we had again no bed no tv no phone no air conditioning um no chairs to sit in like all we owned the only thing in our little studio apartment was what came in my suitcase so like you know some clothes and i had a a cassette walkman with little speakers that's how i listen to music i remember those and we did go and buy like one of those like rollout puff pads for like five dollars or whatever uh-huh. and that's what we slept on with a sleeping bag and we took a chair out of the garbage and that's kind of where we would sit to like put our shoes on and stuff and then everything else we got was from the recycle bin or the garbage so like we had, like i remember i always remember i had posters on the wall of like the new york knicks and like all these new york things because i would find them like Right, you know, sitting in the, you know, in the dumpster or whatever. Yeah, and I'd just be like, "Oh, I don't like the Knicks, but I need something on the wall, so I'm gonna steal this poster." And we would always grab magazines from the recycle bin because that was like a cheap way to find something to read, you know. And yeah, we had. I mean, we would just we like back then it was ramen noodles and like ketchup soup. I always call it, which is just ketchup and water. <laughs> what was up she? And heat what, it was up. She, what was she doing? She was basically just hanging out because I had the internship, but she didn't have one and she didn't have a job or anything although right towards the very end i think maybe we were like two and a half three months in what would she do during the day she had to get she had to 
occupy our time doing something. Well, that that was the one nice thing about New York City is it was so easy to occupy your time and you could do it for free really easily. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, just go to street fairs or, or, I mean, any one of the million parks or walk down to the Statue of Liberty or, you know. I'm going to have another beer. Oh, yeah. Good idea. I'm going to have a cigarette right now. I've started before you. I'm I'm like, (laughs) you're well on your way. You need to catch up. But right towards the end of that time in New York City, she actually went and got a job, I think because she was getting bored. And it was crazy because it paid really good. I think she was a receptionist at a doctor's office. Oh, nice. And I remember it, I, you know, again, we were broke, right? And I think it was going to pay like $35,000 a year or something. Wow. And, and, and to us, that was like, holy cow. Well, when rent's 500 bucks a month, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't remember why. I should ask her about this. For some reason, within like a week, she quit. I feel like the doctor was kind of like a creepy dude or something, but I can't really remember. Um, so we went back, went you know, right back to being poor. I don't think she ever even got a paycheck, if I remember right. Like she didn't work there long enough. They were just like, "Well, you're not getting a paycheck." <laughs> she was like, "Okay, that's fine." <laughs> um, so yeah. So long story short, we did that, and then right out of college, we moved to Los Angeles. Oh, so after then, New York? No, after New York, then you went to Los Angeles. After New York, we went back to. Mount Pleasant to finish school because that oh, was like oh, that was the internship. Okay, right. Yeah. So went back, finished up, moved right to Los Angeles. With what? Like then, they, with the night with with already something established, or was it the same thing? Where do I go? Yeah, same. Well, the the one difference was is that I had a place to stay. Nice. Uh, my my buddy Stevie, who was a musician out there, was like, he's like, hey man, you can sleep on my couch for fifty dollars a month until you figure out what you're doing, you know. Or maybe it was fifty dollars a week. I can't remember how much it was, but it was some right. ridiculously like really. He was basically like, "Here, have my couch and nice. get pitch in a little for food and you know electricity or whatever." I'm like, okay, so I at least had that, but I had no job, I had no money, you know, anything like that. But I at least knew people, which was kind of nice. And there were eight people living in this house, so the nice thing was I instantly got like a group of friends, you know. It's just kind of like I moved, you know, went out there and I was just like, boom, you know, people. Like, here's a bunch of friends, but they were they were all struggling musicians, but. It was at least, and, and a lot of those guys are still like. Really what was your people. idea? I'm gonna go. I I want to go to L.A. Here I go. Yeah, I just wanted to get a job in the music industry, so I knew it was either New York, Nashville, or L.A. But doing what? Anything? Like you didn't have a job lined up? You just went to L.A. to quote unquote music industry job? Yeah, yeah. I had no job lined up or anything. I just, wow. I was like, I, I need, I need to be there. You know, like I want to, I want to get Fuck, there. Man, I've it. gone through life so fucking wrong. I'm doing <laughs> wrong <laughs> it's not too late <laughs> it's not, it, you know the funny thing is you say that and I, I am thinking in my mind you were just saying you started tp at what 37 yeah it must uh, have been around 37 yeah and i'm like fuck i'm 38 maybe it's not too late definitely not <laughs> no. and now you have all this mo- so much more wisdom now to like I've, help you do it i don't have any wisdom <laughs> um, um so yeah, it's such a long. Uh, I when I think of my life, it's such a long, drawn out story. But so at, we're in LA. I live. It's there amazing, years. dude. Your life is amazing. Do you talk about this often? Have you done a podcast like this where you've talked about this stuff? Do you not want to talk I, about this? No, I love. I love talking about it. To me, this is what life's about. Like, I love talking about this stuff. I love doing it more, but I like talking about it. <laughs> this <laughs> is incredible. I, I hope no. you don't mind me taking up your time. Like I no, can't. I, again, I can't thank you enough for doing this for yeah. me. This is awesome. I'm I'm definitely stoked to be here. Yeah. So I'm living in LA. We I get a job in the music business, do that whole thing. I'm there about eight, eight, nine years. 
And one well, day, how did you do that? You just how did you find your job? You didn't know you had nothing lined up. You go out there. How did you get your first job? What was it? So I had my the first job I got was doing um, audio visual work in a hotel, which is basically how I paid my way through college too. Except I was doing audio visual work at a, on a university. So you know things like microphones and setting up lights and you know if a, if a concert came you set up all the speakers and I, okay. that's basically what i did sure um so i i got a job doing that right like within the first month i think in la i got a job doing that at a hotel nice um, and it was cool you know it paid decent i think i think i was making 36 grand which is cool well she's the uh the 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 minimum the average of uh up michigan <laughs> yeah yeah my starting <laughs> wage was like what most people make there right uh, and it wasn't like my dream job but it was i i knew how to do it and it was good and it paid and it, i was able to get an apartment and all that kind of stuff getting your foot um, in the door you got to start somewhere nice. yeah uh but i think i was only there i guess i was there nine months and i got and, and during that nine months i was looking for jobs in the music business and i found uh, i got offered a job at a, a company called caroline distribution which is just a small independent music company um, and it paid, I always remember it paid $17,000 a year. Oh my gosh. And, it, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I quit my job at the auto visual company and took the $17,000 a year job. And, and, two your, days, and your, your woman was fine with that. Yep. Yep. She was cool with it. I think, wow. she had, I think she had gotten her job by then too. So at least that was good. Was she making decent money? Yeah. I think she was kind of probably making in that range somewhere like 30 to 35, something like that. Like not, you know, we weren't rich yet, but but back then it was a little bit more. So you're you're hanging on. You're not. Yeah, and we had no kids, and we had one car. Like life was just simpler, you know. Right. Yeah, for sure. You can you can you can manage this. Okay, go on. Um, but then in a weird twist of events, two days later, I get offered another job at EMI Music, which is a, you know, one of the biggest music companies in the world at the time, and that job paid twenty two thousand dollars. So five thousand more. So I had to I had to do the dreaded call to the very nice woman whose name is Jill, who I still talk to to this day, who oh, hired wow. me at the first company. And I said to her, I am really sorry, but I need to revoke my accepting that job right. uh, because I got offered this other job at EMI for twenty two thousand. And she goes, don't even worry about it. I know how it is, you know, when you're just starting out and you're trying, you know, you got to make money and you're trying to take care of your family and you're new to LA and you, I mean, she knows that 17,000 ain't shit. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. That's a pretty low ball offer. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> right. And she was like, don't sweat it. No problem. We'll Good find luck. another sucker that will take. Our <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so I went, you know, went to work for EMI and, um, was fortunate to, to do well there, moved up very quickly. Um, I left there eight years later as senior director of artist development, like making way more than I was making <laughs> when I started. And, uh, and it was amazing. It was like, the did best, you, the did best you time. need, did you need to have your college education to do what you did and to get where you got? No, I don't think so. I always, I, I kind of get, I give my son a hard time sometimes because he's in college and I'm like, you know, you could have just taken all this money for college and started a business, <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially because he's going for entrepreneurship. Like he wants to start a business. I'm like, you should have just started a business with all this money. You should have just talked to dad. Yeah. But there is something you said about that college experience, you know, like you do sure. grow up and learn a lot and make 
lifelong friends and I, you know, I get all that. So, yeah. Um, but no, I don't think so. I mean, there were certainly some things that probably helped, you know, like how to use Microsoft Excel and things like that. Well, but, I just meant as far as like the company saying, Oh, we definitely want you right. because you have this kind of education or right. could you have just gone in there and be like, here's what I do. Yeah. I'm guessing, I'm guessing it probably at least helped me get the interview. Okay. Well, I, mean, I, I would actually, I would I, like, I wish I had the, the job just or the, or the, the job posting, you know, the job listing. Like I would love to see if it says, you know, must have a bachelor's degree or must have right. five years of experience or whatever. Um, I don't remember if it did or not, but I don't, I, it probably didn't hurt, but I don't think it was necessary. There were certainly many people that I worked with in my years in the music industry who didn't have a college education. Right. Like they just came up and you know, like literally in the streets, you know, like promoting club shows or being a DJ or whatever. And they just worked their way up. You know? Man, look at you. You it's it's easy to look up to a guy like you. You you're just fucking doing it, man. <laughs> well, I, thank you, man. I really, man, like you have to know that you've like cheated cheated the system and you've won. Like you've won. You're like you're doing what you want to do. You're like doing your passion. Like you don't wake up and go like <sighs> I have to go to work. You're like, I'm KB. I'm doing what I want today. I've been, I, it's, it's funny. I joke all the time. I've never, with the exception of maybe a few days when I was doing that audio visual job, because the one thing about that job was I had to wear a suit and a tie because you were working with a lot of corporate clients. You know, you'd work okay, with like, yeah. you know, like the, the vice president of IBM would be doing a speech or whatever, you know, so you always had to look good. So I'd have a suit and tie on and I had to be there at like seven in the morning which meant I had to leave my apartment in Reseda at like six in the morning. So with the exception of maybe some days while I was there, I've never had a job that I wasn't excited to get up and go to in the morning. Yeah. And this goes back as far as when, so I first started working, which is weird. When I lived in Marine city, Michigan, I started working when I was probably seven or eight years old. I picked, <laughs> I, I picked beans on my neighbor's farm. Really? Wow. And we would get paid a dollar fifty a bushel. Wow. And I never stopped working from then. Like I did that all through elementary school. And then when I got to high school, I got a job at the pizza joint. But it was like it was the the place where all the kids hung out in town. So like everybody wanted to work at the pizza place because you got free pizza, free soda, and you got to be with all your friends because all your friends would just come in and sit there and eat pizza all night. So it was more like a it was almost like you worked at a kid's hangout more than a pizza joint. I loved working there. Then I went to college and started doing concert rigging and stuff with my uncle. So I would like go to like Metallica shows and like did, hang the lights you, and stuff. Uh, you didn't want to like you weren't sitting around thinking I want to pick beans, like this would be fun. No, but there was a point where you started thinking, "Hey, this is what I want to do, and I want to, and I might as well get paid for it too." Yeah, and so I, I, I probably should have been more detailed about the bean picking thing. Cause I'm sure there's some people who are going to go, wait, he loved going to pick beans every day. So the farmer had this amazing game room in the basement of his farmhouse. <laughs> and it was like, like he had these, like, you know, like I used to have to go to the, to the arcade and pay a quarter to play like star Wars or uh, like space invaders or whatever. But he had a pool no, table. Star Wars, star Wars was a dope game. Wasn't that the game you jo you you sat in and you walked it back and forth and the whole thing would shift? Yes, I think that was, later than, that was later than me. Because okay. when I like only games we had were like literally like the, the 
joystick and a button. <laughs> you right. know, and then eventually they became two buttons and three buttons and multiple joysticks. Yeah, Miss Pac-Man, Centipede, yeah. Gauntlet, or yeah, right. yeah. But he had a pool table, a foosball table, and like three or four like full-size stand-up video games. And they had a refrigerator full of soda. Like it, it almost sounds kind of creepy because it sounds like it was like a child like trap. Michael or Jackson or something. <laughs> yeah. But we would like the thing was is is essentially he would let you kind of come and go as you pleased because kids had football and baseball. So basically you could just come whenever you wanted. You just showed up and you would pick the beans and you'd fill a bushel or whatever and you'd bring it and put it on the truck and they'd give you a dollar fifty and you could just leave. Or you could stay and work five more hours, or you could go down in the basement. And play video games with all your buddies when you were done picking a few bushels of beans. And that's why, paid, like, were the games free? Yeah, all the games were set up to be played for free. And oh, so, so you yeah. didn't have to make a dollar fifty, then give it to him to play the games. So no, you got and got to play. Yeah, yeah. Sign me up, son. I know. So that's why that was like, like the closest thing to a dream job for a you know nine year old or whatever Absolutely. I was. At the time, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you would just like, like I said, sometimes you would go and you would just spend like a. In an hour, you'd pick a bushel and you'd just go home with your dollar fifty and buy Star Wars cards or do whatever you did with them. Um, but yeah, like so from that time, so yeah, I went to the pizza job, did the concert stuff in college, and then I went right into the music business and then into the poker business and the beer business. And like to this day, I don't really understand, I don't know the sensation of going to bed on Sunday night thinking, fuck, man, fuck, I gotta go to work tomorrow. Yeah, it's Monday. Like I gotta set my alarm, and I gotta, um, you know, just miserable. Like coming home cranky, or like whatever. I just, oh, I don't, I don't know that sensation. <laughs> you don't know that hell, dude. That's a fucking hell. You don't want to know, dude. Yeah, I've never, you, never experienced it. That's I, I envy you. Everybody listening to this envies you. <laughs> you have no idea what it's like to be like. <sighs> I have to. I'd like to stay up. Like for me sometimes it's like i try to go to bed at a certain time like i have a bedtime i try to be mm. responsible and sometimes it's like I, I see the clock my bedtime it's coming up so i was like fuck i'd really like to watch one more episode of shameless yeah but i can't <laughs> because i gotta wake up at five o'clock i gotta you know i gotta get my workout in and then go to work to my job man <laughs> Good for you, man. I I love this story. Like, there's a couple people that I've had on this podcast where I've had the privilege to talk to two people that have just pulled a matrix on the system. Yeah, and, and have just they they tricked it. Like like you, like you've never had to work a day in your life. You're just doing what you want when you want. And like I I man I I can't do it. I hope it's not too late. I I hope I can get there, but it's like. I hope maybe this gets to a younger person that can see that and be like, look, man, do try to do what you want to do. Look yeah. at this guy. This guy fucking figured it out. It, I, and it wasn't intentional. Like I never really had that plan. There just came a point, I think somewhere like halfway through my music industry career where I was like, where I had friends who were, were like, Oh, thank God it's Friday or shit. It's right. Monday. I got to go to work. You know? Right. And I'm like, like, how come I don't feel like that? Like, I love, I would, I worked, I would go in on the weekends. I remember, I remember I worked 48 straight hours once at EMI, like just sitting at my office, like working and didn't even really want to go home. Like, I was just enjoying it so much. And I remember there was some project going on. That, like, it wasn't like I just 
sat there. Like I, you know, I had a reason to be there, but I never at any point was like, damn, man, I've been here 40 hours. This sucks. You know, like right. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and it's been that way with TPE. It's been that way with like Twitch. It's been that way with the beer business. Like I, I am excited. I lose sleep more because I'm excited for the next day to get here nice. than, I, than I do because I'm dreading it. You know what I mean? Like it's usually like, oh, I can't wait to get up and like, that started from a very young age. That like that didn't just start at the age of thirty-seven when you started TPE. I mean, this started at a very young age where you just figured it out. Yeah, and it might have been so. My this is weird, but my my dad didn't have like the dream job when I was growing up. Like I say, did basically basically did construction, like road construction. Right, right. But there did come a point later in his life, and maybe it wore off on me. So he had they had this weird. They passed some law in Michigan where you could retire. It used to be like you know you had to retire for state employees. You had to retire at fifty-five or whatever, whatever the age was, or you could retire at that age. But they passed a new law which took into a it was a formula, and it was the years you've worked for the state, your age, and military service. Right. And there was some, you know, waiting to each one or whatever. So he went from being like fifteen years from retirement to being able to retire at forty-five. Holy cow! That's like like crazy. overnight, like like you know, the governor signed a bill, and he was just like, "Whoa, Holy shit, I can retire." <laughs> Retiring yeah. at forty-five, I'm almost there. Yeah, and but then he so he he kind of stayed retired for like five years, but then he got bored. So right. what he ended up doing was he started taking jobs, but they were like quote unquote dream job. You know what I mean? Like so he went and worked on a cattle ranch. Like he was really into like I don't know cat like horses and like western stuff right or whatever. No, that's awesome i can yeah. see that I, I could be drawn to that yeah so he went and worked in the cattle ranch for like six months and then when he got bored he just quit and then he would go back to retirement and then he went he he he, he manned a fire tower on the highest peak in montana oh my gosh your dad lived a dream job too i know wow. and i think i think by osmosis because he would just he he never really talked about like i love my job but i could tell Right. It was like it was him and his dog, and he it was a six month contract, and all he did is he lived in a cabin on a peak of a mountain, oh and his job his job was to watch for smoke. <laughs> like that was I, his job. I want him on the podcast now. That's a job. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a life! Yeah. yeah, and I think, like I said, I think by osmosis, I was like, huh. So you can kind of, I mean, you know, obviously he was by then quote unquote financially secure because he was retired. Right. And, and we were all the kids were all gone and stuff. But it did make me realize like there's jobs out there where they actually pay you to do what you want to do. Shit. Now it doesn't mean that they pay you well. So right. I always ask my friends, well, what do you want to do? You know, what, what's your like passion? What's the thing you really want to do? And they're like, oh I don't know. I just want to play golf all day. And I'm like, all right, well <laughs> I'm like, okay, well you probably can't be a professional golfer, you know? Yeah. It might be too late for that. But I mean if you're willing to make not very much money. I bet you you could go be a caddy, or I mean, I don't know what their job. I don't. I've never golfed a hole in my life, so I have no idea what jobs exist at golf. Work, courses. In, work in a golf store at a golf course or something. Sure. Yeah, or you know, maybe like maybe you you become a, a like a blogger, a vlogger. A caddy, a, a caddy's a good idea. That would be a good like if you wanted to be deep into the golf game and being a serious caddy. That might be the way to. 
to set your dreams. Yeah. And you get to pick people, you know, good golfers' brains and right. you're around golf. You, and you probably get to golf for free when it's slow and you're off work and things. I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know about golf. I just right. use that as a random example. I like it. But I always tell people, you can get paid to do exactly what you want to do. You just have to be willing to accept the pay. Oh, my gosh. You know I, have to, I have to pee so bad right now. Get it done. Can you hold court for a minute? Of Maybe course. Talk about. Uh, talk to the we world. haven't talked. We haven't talked about the TPE. People, you just mentioned it. Some people aren't going to know what that is. Oh yeah, I can give people the brief wanna, rundown. Yeah, do that. I'm gonna pee. I'll be right back. All right. So for all you guys out there who are wondering, what is Tournament Poker Edge? We keep mentioning TPE. Tournament Poker Edge is basically a training site dedicated to multi-table tournament poker. So the kind of stuff you see on the internet or on YouTube, or on ESPN, the World Series of Poker. Essentially, we teach people to win that form of poker. Um, so yeah, some we started about eight years ago. We have over 2,000 training videos. We have a, a forum for our members dedicated just to uh, talking strategy and talking through hands and stuff like that. Uh, we do a several podcasts some of which you've heard mentioned here today the tournament poker edge podcast we do tpe live and we do a podcast called mid-stakes living where we essentially pick the brains of some of the best online poker players in the world um and it's cool so if you are, happen to be a poker player and you're watching this head over to tournamentpokeredge.com or you can go to www.tpe.poker that'll work as well and if you want to get a kind of a feel for what the site is about without signing up, we have a bunch of free videos over there. You can also check out a bunch of free videos that we have on YouTube. And again, as we mentioned a bunch of times, you can listen to probably a hundred different podcasts, episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever else you get your podcasts. So I would encourage you to go check those out as well. And we try to be very sort of community focused. So don't be afraid to hit me up on Twitter or in the in the TPE forums or on my Twitch channel or whatever, um, you can always find me there. So hit me up anytime, and we'll answer any questions you need. You know, it's nice about having the uh, the Twitch people on for interviews is they can always hold court for a good minute or two. <laughs> I hit the post too, as they say in in radio. Like I literally finished my spiel as you walked in the door. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Nice, nice. I. Uh... I'm not gonna out myself, but I've had a couple of drinks starting fairly early in the day today. <laughs> that usually is me, but I'm actually on my first one. I don't know how that happened. How did that happen? Oh yeah, it always uh, happens. Well, you know, it happens with me when I'm trying to get someone on. That's a typical drinker. TSB had like two. You're on to one. I think I did get <laughs> bet on Drew. Got I think he had one or two. You ever seen him I, drink before? Only in person. I never on his stream. I, it, we had him out at, uh, I actually hosted him in one dog geek at, and poker pastor at my, uh, at our beach house for a stream oh. weekend one time. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they came out and we, we spent, I think three nights out in the outer banks in North Carolina, just basically streaming. We, <laughs> I don't think we ever saw the beach actually, but we did spend a lot of time streaming poker together. So it was cool. Are you going to go to uh Twitch con this year? So I was going to. And then I changed my mind and decided to go to Run It Up Reno instead, uh, okay. which is just like a poker event uh, yeah. up in Reno. So I'm just going to go up there to that instead. I was kind of balancing because I had a bunch of stuff going on. Like over, basically September and October were like packed. Like I'm going to San Francisco this weekend. Reno was thinking about TwitchCon. I need to go to LA. 
And I was also supposed to fly to Biloxi for a tournament series. And so basically I just canceled like half of what I was doing. <laughs> so this yeah. is too much. I'm going to slow it down a little bit. So now I only have three trips to make. So you are a, I, you're one of you. I, I, I want to say that maybe like you and Drew are the two biggest, are you two of the two biggest U.S. poker streamers? on twitch yeah i'd say we're amongst them it can fluctuate a little bit uh, but kind of depending on like who's like if somebody's streaming a lot that week they'll they'll kind of peak up and so on and so forth but but like consistently is it kind of you and you and drew you me think? and drew and probably like the guy the snoston lost i don't know if you watched his stream but he's pretty big i might be forgetting a couple of people too john blaze is up there yeah bit. john blaze does well Po There's uh, poker pa you know i i've seen one doll geek has gotten quite a nice uh consistent following as well yeah he's doing well too there's sort of like a core group of probably like six or seven of us that sort of have a lot of the same fans and are very sort of similar in our right viewing numbers right um but we're all, yeah me and drew are definitely amongst those people i would say for sure and you are you don't have to you know feel free to not answer things and stuff sure there's a thing called america uh with the acr stormers you're an acr stormer yes what exactly is that and why are you a stormer so basically acr stormers is a because you weren't one for a while and then yeah i kind of avoided doing it for a long time mainly for selfish reasons like i didn't want to have any schedule and i didn't want to have like even little things, like I didn't want anybody to be able to say like, "Hey, put this link on your Twitch page or use this graphic or whatever," you know. Mm -hmm. um, so they had kind of talked to me for a while about doing it, and I was always kind of not really anti doing it, but I was just like, "Nah, I'm good. Like I I'm just kind of doing my thing over here," you know. Right, right. Um, but then I used to host a home game on Poker Stars on their free money site. Right. But they cap the number of people that you can have to 100. So I couldn't have a home game anymore. And it was really frustrating to me because it was one of the funnest things that I like, kind of did on stream. Was, right, right. And, and a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, and for people who don't know what a home game is, it's basically just you and all your, all your viewers or all your friends playing together in the same tournament. And I really wanted to do that. So when ACR started doing that with Stormers, I was like, okay, well... I could get on board with this to have my own home game. Like that alone might be enough to get me on board. Um, so I basically started talking to to Lost in Poker, who's the guy who kind of runs that program. And I was like, look, I don't want to like, I don't just want to be like committed to too much. You know what I mean? Like I just want to, I want to continue to do my thing, but I'm I'm willing to sort of be involved in the Stormers thing to to get a home game. And he said, well, look, the only real responsibility you have, the only thing you have to do. Is host your home game <laughs> so when, you know once oh, we nice. give you a home game you can't just like not show up on tuesday night or whatever you right, know right um he said beyond that it's really up to you like if you want to retweet something or if you want to put a graphic up now you know if you don't do any if you don't do any of that stuff you might get looked upon kind of negatively you know at some point they're going to go well why do we have this guy as part of the team if he's not doing anything you know okay yeah so it's sort of understood that you're going to participate in certain things and stuff like that retweets but, and that kind of social media type stuff yeah and again none of it's ever like like we never get a thing saying you must retweet this right it's just kind of you just kind of know you know you're just kind of like oh i should probably retweet that like and that seems you, like something i should retweet what are you getting out of it other than the home game? like did they come at you and say hey we'll 
Yeah, so there's a couple. There's a few things you get out of it. You don't have to answer anything. You can be like, Nah, there's very few things I won't answer. (laughs) So you just so curious. I I, like not many people will probably see this. You won't get in trouble. It's just on a personal (laughs) level. I'm so curious about this because, yeah, I I talked to them for a little bit back when I was streaming for a little while. Yeah, I know. I don't mind answering at all. Like, there's very few things that are off base for me. Um, so. I guess one of the big things is that you kind of get access to that community, meaning not, you know, yes, you sometimes have to retweet their stuff, but also when you are Twitch streaming, they retweet to their followers and say, all the stormers kind of get. Yeah. Yeah. You get support from the others. Like you said, from the, from the other gold stormers who are the guys who Twitch stream, you know, they obviously help support your stream. Um, You get featured on their, on the ACR website, you get featured on their other social media channels. So all that sort of exposure stuff is kind of cool. Um, you get the home game. You do get access to do some cool like events and stuff. So like, you know, I got they flew me down to Costa Rica to do. Oh comments. wow, really? Yeah. So they you know they do live cage down there, which is like a right. live cash game basically. Wow. And um, so they flew me and Snoston lost down for three nights to like do live commentary. Um, but they you know they paid for our hotel, they paid for airfare, they gave us some spending money, um, paid for wow. our food. How was so, how was it? Oh, it was amazing. Costa Rica was so much fun. It was like legit. Like you didn't have to worry about nothing. It was all fun and good. And like, yeah, it was great. Although, you know, truth be told, I've rarely left the hotel because we would basically, we'd get up at like I don't know, 11 o'clock or whatever. And then the tournament would start at 12 and you're basically in the broadcast booth until, you know, eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night. Oh, wow. And then you'd grab dinner and maybe hit the bar. And the next thing you know, it's like 11, 12 and you right. get up the next morning to do commentary. So you basically go to bed. So we didn't do a whole lot of like touristy stuff. You know, we didn't do any zip lining or trips to the beach or anything like that, but it was still a blast. Like the people are super nice and the food is delicious. The cocktails are amazing. Was it worth it? Would you do it again? Oh yeah. I would hundred percent do it again. Nice. Yeah, Very cool, awesome. man. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, little things like that are cool. Yeah. Um, and then we occasionally, you know, we get like, we'll get like tournament tickets and stuff sometimes. Like if nice. they're doing a big promotion around like, I don't know, like OSS series or whatever, they'll be like, hey, you know, we want you all to play this $55 tournament. Here's a $55 ticket or whatever. All right on. Um, so you get some stuff like that. You get rake back and, or not rake. Anybody can get rake back technically. Um, oh, yeah. I got, I have rake back through your uh, promotion. Oh, nice. From however yeah. long ago that yeah. was. How many years ago was that? <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> And anybody like anybody can be an AC an affiliate for ACR, right? Um, but it's just a lot easier to sign people up as an affiliate when you're streaming and people come to your Twitch right. channel and go, yeah. "Hey, what site is that? I've never seen that before, or whatever." And you're like, "Oh, you can sign up right here." So you kind of get financially compensated that way as well. Is that market not capped by now? Kind I mean, of? it's it's definitely getting more capped, but it's not com- not completely like. I mean, there's you still know. new, new others, still new people coming to your stream and being like, Hey, what is this site? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I like, I don't, I don't know the numbers and I, I guess I, maybe that's one thing I probably wouldn't share anyway, but, um, right. but I can tell you that not a month has gone by since I've been a stormer that at least somebody didn't sign up for ACR through my affiliate link. So, you know, wow. over time that starts to add up to. No, that's awesome. I, I was just curious about, like, I I just thought you were so big and that Twitch was so big that everybody probably knew by now. Yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. Like, it, it, the biggest thing for me has been, like, the community part. Like, there's some, you know, there's some nice things to the marketing and, like, in the financial side of things and stuff like that. But the biggest thing with the Stormers for me is that it's, 
it's a very dedicated group of people who all hang out in the same streams every night. You know, it, re- so you- it really is. When you go to like you were saying, some of the core group, like the Bed on Drew, the One Doll Geek, you, mm-hmm. uh, even TSB, uh, Poker Pastor, I think is one. Uh, yeah. like oh, he was, one. yeah, but he still he still kind of has that. He has the spillover effect <laughs> from. So he's not a stormer anymore. But when he was, oh, I didn't know. I just meant, how come he's not a stormer? He. I don't know, to be honest. I never asked him why he left. It might have just been scheduling and stuff. Like maybe he couldn't do it. Because I know he went to do like the live circuit for a while. Okay. Well, uh, I, I, think, I, I think he traveled to do okay. the live circuit. I just meant as far as like streamers go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know um, I do know a couple of people that are anti-stormers. You ever heard of that? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me too much. And I think it probably... I don't know this for sure, but I assume it comes mostly from people being upset that ACR keeps crashing and, you know, like I, I, I definitely get, although I don't get many, but I do get some comments like, why are you repping this site that, you know, like crashed on Sunday for three hours or whatever, you know, like, why are you promoting that site? And my answer is always pretty much the same. And it's two things. A, I own a poker website, although not a site you can play poker on, but I own a site in the poker community. And I can tell you that nobody wants their website to be up running and functional more than the person who owns the website. <laughs> for sure. So, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, they're they're doing it on purpose for this reason or that reason. I'm like, do you know how much money they lose if they're down for three or four hours? Like heaps of money. More now, do they lose more money than they would lose on like a a guaranteed that they're not gonna make? Like probably yes. And that's even if they wouldn't make a guarantee because very if you watch very few of their tournaments don't make the guarantee right um, i just played in their million dollar guaranteed on sunday this past sunday and it got i think a million and fifty thousand dollars or something in the prize yeah. pool i'm playing devil's advocate here yeah no and, and and i don't blame you and people have asked that same question um but i would say they do lose more that way um a because they're all that rake goes away so like all the people who played in the tournament right. refund all, and all the cash games too right yep, all the cash oh, no, wait, no, no, no. hold on the, all the cash game the cash games never stop those always are going sometimes they keep going sometimes they stop it just depends on the the strength of the attack i guess i don't know much about the technical side by the way yeah. but there have definitely been some times like there were times where you couldn't even get on the the, the client you, like, nobody could even get on I'm gonna. Is it cool if I grill you for a minute with just random questions that pop into my sure. head? All right. First of all, I I don't I hardly ever play anymore. Just I just don't have. I have no dog in this fight. These are just. <laughs> um, what do you think about those attacks? Like, do you, sometimes they come at like kind of funky times, and a lot of people yell conspiracy theory do you think there's a conspiracy theory when you see cash games going but then like some of these big guarantees that aren't going to make and then all of a sudden there's a ddos attack or there's a ddos attack during a big series that's coming up do you ever get does acr ever kind of tell you what's going on like do you ever get secret info (laughs) i I don't get much secret info although i have sat with phil Nagy, the ceo of acr and talked about ddos attacks face to face yeah um so first of all i i don't know of any there there probably exist but I, I would need somebody to show me like the time where there was a ddos attack where a guarantee wasn't hit or something yeah. you know what i mean to to know that that ha- like that it was intentional time, or something yeah like every time i've experienced a ddos attack like 
all the tournaments were like normal. Like they were probably going to hit the guarantee or maybe be like a little short or a little right. above. You know what I mean? Like they always seem to be pretty much there. So, but if somebody could say, oh yeah, on this date, there was a DDoS attack and they, they were about to miss the guarantee by, you know, 200 grand. I might be like, hmm, okay. But I haven't really seen that yet. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that it happens during big series because the whole, the reason that these DDoS attacks happen, and this is, this is public knowledge. Phil has talked about this on podcasts himself. Essentially. Boy, the, that guy's the, easy to get riled up, isn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he he's something he's, else. He, he's pretty emotional <laughs> to say the least. He's the guy for all of us, you know, he's like the guy that would be like, kind of like the thugged out white guy at the one, two table. <laughs> yeah. It's had like a couple of drinks too many. Right. He's like gone on a bad streak and any, yeah. he's just looking for a reason to fight. <laughs> yep. yeah. that's, that's my, inter- yeah. that's my interpretation. of life. Right. No, I think that's fair. <laughs> um, but the reason, so what they do is they essentially shut, they, they do a DDoS tech. They shut the site down and then they essentially contact the site and say, if you pay us X number of dollars, We'll let you have your site back. We'll turn your, you know, your site will be running again. That's what it is, huh? I, yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people exactly know what the, that's what it is. I didn't know. So yeah. it's basically a hostage situation, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, exactly. Is it and Russian? Is it Russians? They, if they know, know, if they know, they haven't told me where they're from. Um, probably, probably those. But yeah, Russia, Russian. Chinese, probably something yeah. like that. Fucking Chinese. Um, but they, so it. And you described it perfectly as a hostage situation because much like in a hostage situation, you can't really pay the hostage takers because when you do that, they're just going to kidnap somebody else a week later. <laughs> so, you know, you could, they shut your site down and then they say, send us $50,000 in Bitcoin. in Bitcoin. And they always ask for it in crypto, of course. Of course. And you send them $50,000. They might turn your site back on that day, but they might come back tomorrow and do it again and be like, right. Yeah, enough. Do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So you literally can't pay them. So all you can do is try to build up your security and make it better. And my, you know, I always say to people, can you be angry at ACR for incompetence or an inability to fix this problem or to protect the site against these attacks? Uh-huh. Sure. Yes. <laughs> you know, you can. Should should we should people be bad at ACR for this? I I, I mean, hey, I, I, I hey. It happens a lot, dude. I, oh, yeah. don't, I don't play a ton, but I follow them on, on Twitter and shit, and you see it all the time. Yeah. It seems to happen quite a bit. Yeah. I, I I won't say that somebody should or shouldn't be mad at them. I will say that it's fair to be angry at them. Okay. Like I, I wouldn't criticize somebody for being angry at them. I tend, I tend to take a very eh approach, and it's not because I'm a stormer. If you look before I was a stormer. I know that. I, I, I wouldn't say that, yeah. but... I never criticized them before that either. Uh, no, and I was did. I was also like I was never a big like I mean I never even went very vocal about like full tilt or anything. Like I it's just I it's just not the way I do life. Like I just kind of go, shit, site crashed. Well, I guess I'll go get a beer right, <laughs> or you know, right. go get some barbecue or whatever. <laughs> like right. um and you know, and, and a lot of people are like, well, why do you play on there if it if it's gonna crash all the time? I'm like, I'm an American, dude. Like Bro, I don't have a lot of opportunities you know yeah like i mean would, would i like to have access to poker stars and party poker and 888 sure you know that'd be great but i don't so i i put up with what we have and i make the best of it i just try to have fun and now it is also different for me because i'm not a professional poker player right i'm very much i very much play poker for entertainment value so if i relied on this 
on poker for my income or on playing poker for my income, I'd probably be a little more upset about it. Like I'd probably be like, shit, you know, I got rent to pay next month and the site's been down for 20 hours, you know? Um, But that's not my situation. So I just kind of go like literally when the site, well, here's the other funny thing. So I've somehow run so pure. Like you want to talk about conspiracy theories. (laughs) People should bring a conspiracy theory about this. I would challenge anyone to find a time where I was streaming where the site went down. It just never happens to me for some reason. Really? Like I must be the good luck charm of ACR. The time where it happened a bunch, like in a week long stretch, like I think it happened every day for like a week was the week that I was packing up my house to move and then driving across the country to Las Vegas. So I like, I literally would see on my Twitter, like, Oh, ACR is down again. ACR is done again, but I never experienced it. And then it's happened, you know, a bunch of times since I've been in Vegas, but it's always days I'm not playing. Yeah. So I think there was one time where tournaments paused for like 20 minutes and then they came back up and everything was functional. But like I just finished the OSS series playing, you know, pretty steady for four or five weeks or whatever that was. And I don't think the site went down on me one time. I know it went down a couple of times, but it never happened to me. So so I always tell people like part of it is just like I just haven't really experienced. Like I might be more frustrated if I was sitting at my computer, like mashing buttons, trying to get myself yeah. reconnected you know but it's just never happened to me every time it's happened i'm like i'm on a boat and like me drinking beers or something i'm just like ah, whatever <laughs> Do you, so. are so are you as an acr stormer are you allowed to play on wsop.com or other sites yeah or i can play on any, yeah yep i can play on any sites i want and i, str- I stream those sites as well yeah for the last six weeks whatever oss cubed was i i've streamed exclusively acr but that was mainly because they just had so many good tournaments running that I didn't need any other sites to play on. But like I like I have a session I'm playing a session tonight and I already have carbon poker open and ready to start regging on there. Oh nice. Um I don't play on WSOP.com very much. Why not? Yeah, I had this big I, I was so excited. So when I moved to Vegas, it had nothing to do with the fact that you could play legal poker here. Um but after deciding to move here, I was like, oh that's cool. I can play on WSOP.com. Right, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. I think. Yeah. Um, but I have this, like, actually, I am actually really am frustrated with WSOP.com. So you have to, um, you have to be able to geolocate in Nevada, right? So like, they have to know that you're in Nevada and the way right. they do it is like through your IP address or your self, uh, somehow they geolocate you. And I would say 10 times now, since I've been here, I'll be two hours into my session on WSOP.com. I'll be streaming. Everybody can see I'm sitting in my house in Las Vegas playing poker. And all of a sudden I'll get an error saying, you're, you're not in Nevada. You can't play on this site. You know, you can't play on WSOP.com if you're not inside the state of Nevada. And I'm is, like, that, is that because you bought your laptop or computer like in a different state or something silly like that? I I, you know, I'm not technically smart enough to know. And I, and I have contacted. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I've contacted support and said, you know, like what? What am I doing wrong? Like I can I can clearly register the tournaments and play for, in them for two hours, so you know I'm in Nevada. But then at some point it just decides all of a sudden I'm not. And they've given me like you know they say like restart your router and restart, but it's not that easy to do when you're streaming. Right. You're like all of a sudden you got to shut down your stream, restart yeah. your restart your router, let it all start back up again, lose fifty viewer, you know. Um. So I literally just stopped playing. I, I haven't played a tournament on WSP in probably four weeks. Because it, it's why, why would you? Yeah, that's, yeah, it's just too frustrating. Like the yeah. good thing is, at least when ACR goes down, most of the time, all the tournaments stop. Right. So I can just like, like I said, grab a beer or eat a burger or whatever until it starts back up again. 
but WSOP.com, I just sit there and blind out and lose my money. <laughs> so, so I've just I, like, I'm actually, it's funny, to, but I'm more frustrated with WSOP than I am with ACR. <laughs> oh, just, wow. That's uh, so, so yeah, I, I don't plan there. And I, I haven't looked at their schedule. I probably won't play another tournament on there before I leave Vegas, but we'll see. Do you, so you have plans of leaving Vegas? Yeah. So, wow, this is this is a crazy story. And I guess I never, I never talked about why we moved to North Carolina or why we moved to Vegas. But the really short story is we just like to move around a lot. So right. we moved to North Carolina and then we moved to Las Vegas. Um, I remember I, I heard you in, I think I heard you in a podcast or maybe it was a different stream where you were talking about you guys up and said, Hey, we're good. We, you guys sold or got rid of most things and said, you're just going to go to Vegas and see how it is. And if you don't like it, you can just go somewhere else again. Right. Yeah. Yep. That was exactly the plan. We, the main thing was, is my wife wanted to sell our house because it was way too big for us. And we were just tired. She was tired of keep taking care of it. And right. So, I said, okay, well, let's sell the house, but where are we going to go? And she goes, I don't know. Where do you want to go? And we kept talking about it. And at some point she was like, well, would it be good for your business to move to Las Vegas? And I said, I said, well, yeah, it would be. I said, but I can do it from anywhere. Like I don't have to be in Las Vegas, but if you want to go there, then yeah, it would, you know, it would be mildly plus EV right, <laughs> right. in Vegas. And she's like, all right, let's go to Vegas then. So we sold or, or gave away or donated everything we owned essentially. We have a, a small storage locker back in North Carolina that has like, you know, photo albums and Oh, sure. like a couple guitars and just like things that I was like, well, I don't want to get rid of that. But basically, we right. gave away, you know, we yeah. gave away a 4,000 4, square foot house of stuff. <laughs> like we just wow. gave it all away or sold wow. it. Um, so now everything everything we own basically fits in my Jeep Wrangler. That's like cuz we drove across the country in two cars. My wife had the dogs and hers, and I had our belongings and the others. So everything yeah. we own fits in my Jeep Wrangler. But yeah, we kind of came here going, you know, maybe we'll stay, maybe we won't, whatever. We actually made an offer on a house here, but they didn't accept our offer. So luckily, we, we don't own a house here yet. Um, and then we basically, I got an opportunity to be involved uh, with a, a distillery, which is another sort of thing that I've always kind of wanted to get involved in. And the guy who owns the brewery that I used to work with started a distillery and he kept trying to talk me into coming back, talk me into coming back. Um, you know what? He'd be like, he'd call me every other day and say, when are you coming back to Raleigh to work for me? And I'm like, I'm not coming back. man. I'm having too much fun. <laughs> and then eventually he kind of coerced me and uh -oh. said, you know, what if, you know, what if you could come back and do marketing just for the distillery? Uh Oh, and, yeah, and and you'll have you know you can still do your TPE, you can still play poker, you can still go to Vegas every summer. Um, You're going back to North Carolina. So yeah, so we're it, actually we just booked the date today. I can't remember what day. It's like October 30th or something. We're gonna get back in our car, drive. Oh back no, really? <laughs> um, and we're actually renting a house in a place called Aber. I think it's called Aberdeen, North Carolina, which is um, near Southern Pines, like where Pinehurst Golf Club is. We're, yeah, we're Pinehurst, oh, cool. so, so right, a big right, golf right. community. Yeah, 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 Pinehurst, so, yeah. So we found a house there to rent for two months while we, they build our new house in Durham, North Carolina. So, really? <laughs> so we're literally driving back across the country, renting a house for two months, and then hopefully by Christmas we'll be in our new house in Durham, and I'll be, are, uh, I'll be, I'll be slinging the, the bourbon. How far away are you from where you were in North Carolina? 
So our new house, well, where we're, where we're renting will be about an hour from our old house. Okay. Where we're building our new house is about 20 minutes. Oh, Lopercon's going to be so stoked. Have you told him yet? Yes, he is very happy. <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited about it too. Like when we left, it wasn't ever because we didn't like that area. You know, it wasn't like we got it. It wasn't like when I left Michigan. Let's put it that way. Like we were just kind of like, ah, oh, you know, this sounds like a fun adventure. So I'm excited about it, but mostly I'm just, I'm stoked to like dig in. To oh man, I gotta say, I'm disappointed. I wanted to see a big, big, I wanted to see it go jet setting off into all kinds of corners of different of the country. I, my guess <laughs> is that will still happen. Okay, Like good. it's just a matter of where it ends up being. Um, but my wife also works with a, a rescue back there. And I think she was kind of missing that too. So this is oh, like, nice. this is good for her too. Cause she can go back and do her dog thing and we're good. I can do the whiskey thing and, and I can still do all the stuff that I'm doing now. It's just different place. So, so yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. It's a, not, it, it was definitely not planned and it was, <laughs> so I, I keep joking that basically I just took a really long eight month vacation in Vegas. That's what I keep telling people. Well, that's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. Got to experience something new and then go back. It's like a, it's like a restart button, like on the N- Nintendo. Yeah. And it's been it's been cool. Like I've met a bunch of cool people here and had a bunch of cool experiences. Like that's been the funnest part. It's always the funnest part about whenever we move somewhere is we just pick things to do. Like we've been doing some hiking, which I am not a hiker, but I've really enjoyed like getting out into the desert and up into the mountains and doing that. Uh, spending time at the lake. We've been just going and checking out like really cool like old landmarks and stuff, and just basically just tra- you know traveling day trips like basically doing day trips tons of day trips and it's been a blast it's stuff we would have certainly never gotten an opportunity to do you know if we hadn't lived here for eight months so um yeah it's been a lot of fun yeah i was gonna say you, you actually you can tell you look a little slimmer like you've been really yeah you really I'm do. glad to hear that because it's you know i told you i gave away most of what i own I, we don't own a scale anymore but I think I'm losing weight, but I'm not sure. You look like you look like it. Well, you I look you're. like you've lost some weight for sure. I hope you're right. Yeah. Uh, when I finally get back to North Carolina, I'll weigh myself and I'll find nice. know. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about the TPE podcast earlier, uh, the TPE Live, and one of the the good guests, one of the favorite guests, of course, is Big Dog Pocket. Ah, uh, yeah. I used to watch his stream. Uh, what I know, he's a friend of yours. What's that guy been up to lately? So he's been, um, you still talk to him. You guys are buddies, right? Like, you still stay in contact with that dude? Yeah, yeah. We talk every, I'd say we talk every two to three days, roughly. He's holy um, cow, really? About what? Well, he's one, he's one of the owners of TPE, too. Okay. So, you know, a lot of it's business talk. Um, but you know, there's always a little bit of like, how's the family? You know, what, what you up to today? Or, we we're both huge football fans, so we talk a lot of football. Oh yeah, he's a Redskins fan, and you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we you know we shoot the shit about football a lot, um, a lot of sports betting stuff. Like he'll be like, hey man, I got a pick for you. You know, bet this game or, <laughs> or whatever. Um, but he's doing great. He you know he still plays a decent amount of poker, but not nearly like he used to. Like you know he used to grind. I don't know. He used to probably play six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. Yeah, but um, he has three kids now. Oh wow! Yeah, he's married, and one of the kids is a, a. I'm bad at judging ages, but I'll call it an infant, even though I don't know if it qualifies. It's it's a baby, baby, you know, like right. <laughs> like a baby. Yeah, uh, maybe a year old or something. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so he's got the family. He's married. He just bought a house. I built uh, a house or something. Yeah. I built a house. Yeah. yeah, 
so I think, you know, he's just like a lot of people are like, why, you know, why are you streaming anymore and stuff? And I think he's just in a, like every picture I see of him is in like at the park playing with his kids or in the pool with his kid. Like, I think he's just loving being a dad, life, you know? Yeah. He's just loving dad life. So he grinds when he wants to or needs to. And the rest of the time he's just off doing the family stuff. And I guess it's hard to keep up with three kids when you're shotgunning beers every night, you know? So he, <laughs> he doesn't do that anymore, at least not regularly. Right. I would love to see him come back though, because he was certainly my favorite streamer of all time. <laughs> yeah, he was a wonderful, wonderful streamer. I yeah. love. Uh, yeah, and, and there was a controversy when he got booted off for accidentally having porn on his channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a classic moment. <laughs> and then the people loved him and made such a big noise they got him back like two days later. Yeah, he's really good at. Um, and this is kind of how I've always he he taught me how to approach controversy which is to embrace it and never what, are, what have you had that was controversial anything no i like i've never really had to deal with too much other than like i mean you know like i would get like i get trolls in my chat and stuff like that but i've kind of learned to just like roll with it you know like make it fun make a joke of it or whatever right. um we've had like small things on the tpe side like you know big dog and and mark were both lock pros lock poker pros so when lock poker went under, like we got some shit for that. Sure. But like when the when the um when the big dog porn incident happened, so for people who don't know, basically Big Dog was playing poker on Twitch, then he shut his stream down, or so he thought, and decided he was gonna watch a little porn. And he did. And then he realized, you know, somebody texted him and he realized pretty quickly what was happening and he shut the stream down and turned it off. Um fortunately never pulled anything out or (laughs) never got to that point but like i think a day later he did um he did a podcast or maybe a a youtube well no i guess it was yeah it was after he got his stream back he did a stream with his wife yeah yeah talking about and she's like of course i know he watches porn everybody watches porn like right yeah and like he just and he went on he went on like a bunch of podcasts and talked about the incident and he and and everybody was like, oh, you know, some people say, you know, that you were masturbating on stream or whatever. And he goes, I didn't. He goes, no. I was going to. Right. <laughs> he goes, I was definitely about to. <laughs> and he like, it's, I think so many people would have been like, oh, you know, I don't know. My my Twitch got hacked or right. that was a pop up and I was trying to get it to turn on. Like he, they would have fought it, you know, tooth and nail. And he was just like, hell yeah. I mean, I love porn. You don't. like, <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> and and so it just like went away. Like it just disappeared into thin air, like immediately. There was like no blowback, and not not that there really could be, because it's not like it's illegal to watch porn or anything. I mean, you can't do it on Twitch, obviously. Yeah, everybody but, pretends that they don't do it, but geez, I mean, come yeah. on, it's a it's a billion dollar reason, right. billion dollar industry. You're telling me you don't watch porn? Get out of here! Right? Get out of yeah. here! Somebody's seen yeah. it. You, everybody here have seen it. You might not be addicted to it, but we've right. all freaking watched it yeah and it was pretty it was very clear in watching the stream that it was an accident like it was you know he didn't do it on purpose or anything there are those have you seen some of those streams where they accidentally watch porn yeah just to get the views yeah it's always some like dupe hits or whatever yeah it's all some it's like some chick that's like a six and a half yeah yeah she's like like a a twitch nine Right, right. So some pretend, oh, I accidentally got caught masturbating. Yeah. Don't watch this. Right. Oh, and and don't donate to me. Get right. The, some of that shit just drives me nuts. Some of yeah. those crazy chicks on there. It's and then they're always like, 
they're always like, by the way, here's a link to my cam site if you want to if you want to pay for the real show. Right, right, right. I'm like, oh, okay, I see how this happened. Oh my gosh! So I am uh, divorced fairly. Uh, I've been single for a while now, and uh, you know, you start getting out in that single game. Yeah. And uh, I try those some of the dating apps as you would. I mean, it's, sure. it's where you got to start. Where else are you gonna start? Yeah. If you go single, where else are you gonna start? Yep. Listen, I'd give it a try. Anybody, yeah. Email me. Holla at your boy. If you like your boy Rhino here, Rural Route 23, however you know me, hit me up. Ladies, yep. I'm single. Uh, so I've been trying those sites out. And a lot you see a lot of that shit on there where there's like these younger chicks on there where they're like, oh, uh, I don't I don't work. I don't do this site that much. But if you check me out here and donate, you can have nudes. It's right. like a lot. It's like, geez, have some. I, I talked. So I matched with this chick the other day. And she was like, oh, hey, uh, she called me daddy. You know, oh, hey, daddy. <laughs> That's always a bad sign. Right. It's like, oh, fuck. Right. Right. I'm not that much older than you. She goes, um, she goes, hey, if you would like to donate, hit me up here and we can uh, we can go from there. Maybe have dinner and I can send you some pictures. I'm like, I, I was like, who pays for this? Yeah. I go, do you do are, are there really dudes out there paying for this kind of material out there? And she kind of got offended. And she's like, Well, look, you don't have to be a douchebag about it. I was like, I go, all right. I, and then I text us back, your father must be proud. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks because I kind of res- like in a way I want to respect the hustle. Right. I'm not mad at the hustle, I'm just giving her shit. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, you know, go for it, you know, build your brand. You you know, <laughs> I, I, it, it would be. If that's, your brand, if that's your brand, you've got a very short window. You might as yeah. well capitalize on it. And there's just got to be better ways. Like, I, I don't know. To, I, I obviously, I'm not on any dating apps and I haven't dated in a long time, but. I, I would swipe right on you and I would date you, KB. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I just feel like there should be some like a code of honor, you know, on the dating site. Like if you're on the dating site, you should be a real person that has, and and Hey, you can use filters and stuff, but an actual picture of you. (laughs) And yeah, if you want to filter it up a little bit, that's cool. Um, and don't be, and don't be redirecting me to your like porn site, you know, (laughs) like those are sort of the three things. Like that's all other than that. Like you should actually be available to date. (laughs) You want, would you, uh, we are, I don't know. I don't have this lit up. Uh, we're pretty deep into this podcast. Uh, and people who are listening are the hardcore Neanderthal podcast listeners or the hardcore KB listeners. Yeah. You want a little insight on the uh, dating world yes. out there for a pimp? I do. Because I know nothing. So not many people are going to hear this. I can feel comfortable talking to you about it. <laughs> so I do. There's a couple websites, a couple apps out there for the single life. Tinder. Uh, there's one called Bumble. There's one called Hinge, whatever. KB, I'm 38 years old. So, and I was single for quite a while. Kind of before, like, I I started doing the, the dating thing before I got married. But it was, like, in its infancy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it was very, it was, like. Like, Match.com or something? My, this was MySpace days. Like oh, my, wow. okay. Uh, my wife, at my ex-wife for now, I met her on MySpace. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, she actually hit me up. Anyways, so this, so I goes. Anyway, so I've been single. Or I was married for a while, 
may, mostly that kind of whole boom, the whole dating app boom. And now I'm back in, I'm in that dating game with those, yeah. those apps, dude. It's a fucking freaky world out there, bro. <laughs> These chicks are fucking, uh, not all, there's a, there's some freaks out there, bro. You would not believe, you would not have to believe the shit that's going on on the streets out there. I can't even imagine. I, it's, I, I think I'm, I'm kind of afraid to know. <laughs> Either yeah. A, because it'll disgust me, or B, because it'll make me want to get on a dating app immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Stay away. Yeah, if you're gonna go on, if ladies and gentlemen, this go this this goes to both ladies and gentlemen. If you are gonna get on one of these dating sites, you you better get prepared. You better prepare yourself because it's it's happening. There's some wow. freaks on there and shit's going down. And there's some. It's a whole nother world out there, dude. And here it is. So, hmm. You so you're wow. You're even older than me. I feel like I'm usually the older guy, and you're <laughs> even older than me. And you look young. You look my age. Man, I, I want to grab. I wish I I would love to have beer with you one on one. One of these days it'll happen, guaranteed. I don't know when or where, but it will happen. Yeah, I'm actually. Yeah, I may or may not come out to Vegas fairly soon. Nice. Um. Damn it! I forgot where I was going. <laughs> crazy. It happens, dude. It's crazy out there. I guess is what my point was. Um, uh, so are, are, are there normal people on these sites too? Like, okay. like have, you, have you gone on dates where it's literally like a lady, you know, or a woman, yeah, or a girl? Yeah, yeah, who's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I'd like to have a coffee, and then like, actually, yeah, that's the thing. There, there is. That's the nice thing. I have met some really cool chicks on there that are like super normal, and I've had like some really cool. Like to this day, I'm still like friends with them. We, I talk to them, I text them, um, and like have built like a cool friendship. But then there's some other people out there that I don't. Okay, there, there was this one chick. You don't know who you're gonna meet up with. Like cat catfishing is real, bro. I've been catfished before. Really? Oh man. So there's this there's this dime piece blonde. She was uh, significantly younger than I was and just like dimed out, had like four or five pictures, just smoking hot. And I was like, hey, look, I'm super busy, but I have this time open. Let's meet at this uh, local establishment. She gets their way before I do. Um, and she's like, oh, hey, I'm already here. I'm at the bar. I'm like, all right, I'm walking in now. I'm looking, I've looked right through this one chick. I looked through her and she's <laughs> waving at me. I'm like, no, 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 not you lady. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking behind you. I'm looking for, and she's like, no, it's me. She goes, she goes, Ryan. I go, Melissa. She goes, yeah. She goes, didn't you recognize me? I go, uh, I guess the lighting's a little bit off in here. <laughs> oh man! Oh my god, this chick looked like a fucking troll from like Disney, from like a Disney cartoon. I mean, seriously, she was like, I don't know, five foot one, four foot wide. It was it was brutal. And like, so she just used somebody else's pictures, <sighs> or she just she like used filtered them up so much that she just no. Like, I think she used. I think she used somebody else's pictures. Yeah. It looked very, it looked like some, like her face, like it was blonde <laughs> with long hair. But clearly I was like, I was like, um, 
you look significantly different than your pictures. Oh, she goes, oh, she goes, really? Most people think I look even better than I picture. <laughs> I was like, um, no. I was like, um, let's go ahead and have a drink, and then I'm going to get out of here. Is that cool? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And so I bought her a drink and got the hell out of there. Oh, man. You see, I, I don't think I could. I, it, would, it would only take one of those instances to ruin it for me i was like i'm done i'm not doing it i'm just i'm just gonna be single for the rest of my life yeah but then then you get the good ones then true you get the good i mean i'm yeah. telling you man i guess that helps you get through the bad ones right you're like oh but remember that going i'll give it one more shot right right <laughs> and that's just some uh, well, i'm not gonna go all dirt bag on the audience here but <laughs> there's sometimes that can make you just know like actually where you just meet like someone cool in genuine like i've met a couple uh females that have just been like um i don't want to say hippie but like they've just got like this almost like this weird energy where like you can feel like yeah you just feel like a cool energy from them and you like develop friendships so like i've right. developed some cool friendships and it's not going anything it's not going to go anything further from that but um, yeah but that's yeah, cool, though. cool people yeah i mean yeah. it's all about it's just all about uh, experiences and life, and yeah. it's, all, it's a whole other chapter, man. Like divorced, being an adult at this age is a whole other chapter, bro. Let me tell yeah, you, I can only imagine. Whole other chapter. I'm not ready. <laughs> all right. Sorry. So, did you kind of start your empire at 37? I'm calling it your empire, but like TPE and like was that kind of like the beginning of like. KB yeah. International 30 were you like 37 30 yeah yeah 36 37 somewhere right in there and you're 48 I'm 46 now I keep so, forgetting so how 10 old years I am. so you got a decade of being a kingpin yeah yeah because I we started well I guess TP is coming up in nine years so right around there though because we started building it you know nine months before it launched or whatever right. um so yeah basically about 10 years Wow. And I had done a little, like I had gotten a little taste of entrepreneurship, a very small taste. Um, when I first left the music business, my friend and I started a, a record label, uh, and we released one album, one seven-inch vinyl. So basically, two songs. Killing Bird. No, it was it was a completely different band, unrelated to me in any way, just like a random band. Oh. Um, but you were in a band called Killing Bird that made. It I, I was in a band called Killing Bird. Yeah. I downloaded it on iTunes. Oh, nice! I bought it for like a dollar twenty nine. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I, I that means I'll get a royalty check for like a penny or something. Oh, I did this like a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, I already got it then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we uh, after we started, I then got into doing the TPE thing, and my buddy was like, "Oh, I want to, I want to keep this going." Like what do you want to do? And I said, just take, you know, just have the record label. Like I don't, you don't have to pay me anything. You don't have to buy me out or anything. Just it's all yours. Uh, and that record, that label is still going, which is pretty cool. Um, but that was kind of my first taste of it, but I, I didn't quite, by then I'd already kind of mentally checked out of the music industry. So I was ready. I was ready to move on to poker at that point. So yeah, TP was the first real, the beginning of my empire building. Right. And that was at 36, 37. And yeah. Right around there. So if you were to make a suggestion to like, say somebody that's like 38, fairly recently divorced, maybe looking to expand his horizons, not me speaking, asking for a friend, what would you, what would you suggest? 
I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, obviously, so yeah, what I would do is different than from what I would suggest people do. What I would suggest people do is build up, like literally do everything you can do to save money until you get a a nice enough nest egg that you can live for a year. Oh, wow. Without, uh, you know, without incoming money. And then quit your job and spend a year trying to build your dream business or whatever it is, you know? Wow. What I would do is not save up a nest egg. I would quit my, if I hated my job, I would quit today. And I would start building my empire right now. (laughs) And I would just, I would do whatever it took to make that happen, meaning if I have to like sell my house or my car or all my possessions or move into an apartment with three other people and share an apartment so that my rent is two fifty instead of a thousand or whatever, like I would just do that. <laughs> but but I don't necessarily suggest that. And I certainly don't suggest that to people who are who have kids and a family and but stuff like that, that, that would be an excellent suggestion for someone who is like maybe nineteen or twenty. Really? That's the yeah. time to do it, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, because you, you you basically just have nothing to lose. You know what I mean? You can just go for it. And how was New York? When you reflect on the time you were in New York, fantastic. you reflect it as like some of the best times in your life. Yeah, it was amazing, especially considering how broke we were. Because right, like because you're you could only experience life in its purest form. Because you couldn't pay to go to a concert or pay to go to a Broadway show or to see a sporting event. You know, there's a weird thing about that that I hope if there's any like, I don't know what the age range would be, maybe like between 18 to like 20, 21, 22. There's like that sweet spot where like yeah. do whatever, whatever it is you possibly think of or want to do and just remember that these are like some really great times in the, in, in your timeline of life. Right. And you need to really take advantage of these. Like if anyone's listening in that age range, capitalize, do the craziest shit you can possibly think of. This is the time to do it. Yeah. I think in most, not maybe not in most, but in many cultures or many countries, that's a normal thing. Like people finish high school or whatever you call it in that country. And they take a year off. And then yeah. they go to then they go to university, or they do university, and then they take a year off, and then they get a job, and they take that year off to like travel or volunteer or you know all the things that you know do the crazy shit like you said. Um, and it's really sad that in America that's not like a thing that you're pushed to do. Like it's you're like literally you, yeah, it's before you even graduate high school, they're already telling you what high, what college are you going to get into, right? And, and you have to have a college education or you can't get a job. And it starts so young. It's like I, I, I remember parents of kids my son's age who were like, sixth grade, this is a big year. You got to get really good grades. It's high school next year. Nobody cares what grades you got in sixth grade. Nobody cares what grades you got in seventh, eighth, ninth, I don't 11th, even remember 12th what grade. grades I got back then. Yeah, no. right. And, you know, like, yeah, you need good enough grades to get into college. But that's it. But that's a and, C. That's a fucking C. That's showing exactly. Up. Yeah, you show up, you can get into college. Right. And then when you fin- and and then you get to college, you're like, oh, now now the grades really matter because you're in college and you have to impress your employers. Well, you know what? You don't. They never ask you what grade you got in marketing 101. 
they just want to know that you got a marketing degree. Right. So like, you know, you're, you're sort of like, you're pushed from a very young age forward so fast that you like never, your parents never say to you, why don't you take a year off and just chill? Just go and just go enjoy, you know, travel the country and go to a brewery in every state for the hey, next man, year. You have a, a kid that's in college now. You have one son and he's in yeah. college now. Yeah. Did he take a break in between high school and college or did he go straight in? He went straight in, although I kind of encouraged him. I won't say I encouraged him not to do that, but I did um, tell him that that was okay. Yeah. Um, but he, so he's kind of, he kind of got my entrepreneurial spirit. So he started his first company when he was 15, I think. Oh, nice. Um, and he was, he was a YouTuber. He was, he made Minecraft training videos, which is weird. Like <laughs> he basically did what I did, but for Minecraft instead of poker. Oh, that's hilarious. How did that work out for him? Great. Like, yeah, he was, I think he's got, I don't even know, four, I think he's probably got 40,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube. Wow. And he hasn't really done it in a long time when, once he went to college. But he was kind of like me. He really wanted to get to college because then he could meet the people that like to do the things he likes to do because his friends in high school weren't necessarily like that. Like, they weren't really into, like, you know, content creation and making YouTube videos. And he's really into cars. So he's, like, into, like, taking car pictures. And so he has, like, a big following on Instagram for his car pictures oh, and cool, stuff. Cool. Um, <laughs> so for him, the thing that he really wanted to do with his life was go to college um to kind of do that whole experience but now he's gonna he's finishing a semester early so he's gonna finish up in december and his girlfriend doesn't finish for another semester after that so he's kind of i think he's gonna treat that semester in between him graduating and his girlfriend graduating as sort of his time to go like do stuff okay um i don't know that's cool that'll work out are you gonna give him any kind of suggestions I mean, I've kind of done that all along, you know, but I, my, my push has always just been like, enjoy what you're doing, you know? Yeah. And, and like, he stresses out about his grades and stuff all the time. And I'm always like, my wife and I have this saying, C's get degrees. So we're, <laughs> right. We're, 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 yeah. We're always just like, Hey man, C's get degrees. That's all you got to do. You know? <laughs> um, I think he would like to do like, so he, with his YouTube money, he bought himself a, a Ford oh, Mustang. Shit. When he was in high school, wow, he made money off YouTube to buy a Mustang. Yeah, and he uh, he also built his own. Um, I, so I don't know a lot about Minecraft, but he basically built his own server, right? Uh, which he explained to me as the equivalent of owning your own poker site, basically. So wow. people would come play Minecraft on his server, wow, and and they could buy things and stuff. So they would like, you know, he would get these like PayPal payments for like twenty five dollars, and they would get like five diamonds or whatever. I don't, I don't know anything about the game, but wow. So he like, those lines. So like when you when you were saying, "Hey son, I've got this Twitch channel. Check how many viewers and followers I have." He was like, "Oh yeah, that's cool, Dad. That's cool." Yeah. And the funny <laughs> thing was, it's like he knew about Twitch way before me because he was a gamer and I was right. a gamer. So he knew about Twitch. Like I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start streaming my poker sessions on this new thing called Twitch." And he's like. I've been watching Call of Duty videos on Twitch for the last two years or whatever, you know. Right. Uh, and he tried streaming on Twitch for a while too, but he didn't really enjoy it, so he kind of gave he kind of gave up on it pretty quick. But, um, but I've always pushed him that direction to just, like I said, you know, that whole the cliche "do the thing you love" concept, right. you know. But I think he gets it. You know, he's a really hard worker. He's kind of you know similar to me. Like he's he, as soon as he was old enough to work, he started. He's worked his all all the way through college. 
he like sure. skips every holiday so he can get overtime and oh, but he's mostly he's just excited to like get out of college and start building whatever his thing is going to be you know and i i keep telling him, like it doesn't have to be anything glamorous like he so he's it's funny he's a he his job through college is he's been a manager at well he started out as a whatever uh, just an employee but now he's a manager at a car wash like one of those fancy like detailing oh, nice. shops. good for him which isn't like no like i don't think very many parents say i hope someday my son grows up to work at a car wash and his age <laughs> being in college that's pretty dope yeah, it's just a you know, it's a good easy job or not right. easy, but it's a job to get your way through college. Right. But but he he started to say things like he goes, you know, he goes, do you know how much each car wash costs? And he's like, you know, like the the high end detail is like or not detail, but like the the most expensive car wash is like twenty eight dollars or whatever or whatever the number. I don't even know, but whatever wow. the number is. And it might be twelve. I'm I'm completely making up numbers. Whatever. But, yeah, yeah. But it's some number. He goes, you know how much that costs in um, equipment. Uh, manpower and like supplies or you know like soap and stuff he's like 28 cents or whatever the number like he just knows the number because he's been working there for four years so they you know they they, he's learned all this stuff he's like he's like i he goes maybe i should just buy a bunch of car washes or like start my own car wash or something i'm like there's no shame (laughs) in owning a car like owning a car wash is exactly the same as owning a tournament poker training site they're the same I, thing. The only thing <laughs> I think you're supposed to be, I think you're supposed to be some kind of drug dealer if you own a car wash. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> He'll be washing money too before. Right, right. Before. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they let just anybody get in the car washing game. I think you got to have a little grease underneath your fingernails yeah, from that. You might, you might be right. But I, you know, I keep, I keep telling him like, if that's the thing that you like because he is very in the car and he he'll, he's always sending me pictures like oh look at this car that came through the car wash nice. like, like that's his thing so like hey if that's what you decide is your passion right buy a car wash hell i'll invest because i know how what a hard worker you are and he always has these like really cool marketing ideas you know what i mean like he's like he's like yeah you know my boss didn't ask me to but i grabbed a bunch of uh 10 off coupons from the from the car wash and I took him to the car show with me this weekend and I just put him in everybody's windshield wipers. Oh, nice. You know? nice. And I'm like, or like he, um, he'll like, like people will come through and he'll, he'll like have them like take pictures of their car with the logo of the car wash in the background. Oh, like, there you go. Nice. He'll like, man, make sure you throw that up on Instagram. Use the hashtag, you know, right. Sam's auto wash or whatever. So I can see it. And I, and I, so I'm always like, you know, even though he's running a car, he would be maybe owning a I don't think he's going to buy a car wash, by the way. <laughs> it's just a conversation right. we have. Right. But right. I'm like, like, I think what he's more excited about is not really the owning a car wash. It's the marketing a car wash. Right. That's the cool. of the whole yeah. thing. Right. He's like, man, he's like, I have all these ideas. I know it would work. Like, it would bring so many more people in, but I don't have the power to do it or whatever. I'm like, oh. absolutely. Yeah. Like, if you own your own, you can do whatever you want. He's like, I want to have, I would have car shows in our parking lot. Like, invite people to come there and like, oh, show off their car. That would make like, sense. Yeah. It's- so I don't know what his thing is going to be, but whatever it is, it's going to be something along those lines, probably cars and marketing and social media stuff. Right. So I'm excited to find out though. I'm hoping he makes enough money that I can, you know, ride off into the sunset. And <laughs> you, you, you can't do that already. I mean, I probably could if I really wanted to. Right. I, I would have. I mean, don't worry, I'm not ri- like I'm not rich. I would have. I would have to cut. I would live pretty lean for the rest of my years. I, mean, I could probably pull it up. My wife works too, so that's that's kind of cheating. 
but I don't know. I'm I'm just not sure when that would be because I still enjoy it too much right now. But I also can't imagine myself being like 65 and still doing my podcast or whatever. Oh, or like, or like, or like, like, am I going to stream on Twitch when I'm 65? Like, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I always wonder. I always wonder about that. About like, do uh, what? So, do you listen to podcasts at all? You yeah. Do, right? yeah. What do you? What do? You, what, what do you listen to? So I, I'm kind of weird. I mostly listen to podcasts, either marketing podcasts. So, like, I listen to Gary Vaynerchuk's podcast. Uh, there's one called Entrepreneurship on Fire that I like listening to. I listen to podcasts about making podcasts, which is probably kind of weird. Oh, yeah. That's cool. What's it called? Um, there's two of them. One is called Podcast. No, it's not called Podcasting for Dummies. It's called. I can't I'm believe so I'm blanking on the name. It'll come, it'll come to me in a second. I'll be like, oh, by the way, that podcast is called. <laughs> um, God, I can hear his voice. I'm your podcast coach. But... Uh, anyway, there's two. there's two bigger ones that I tend to listen to. You'll, I'll either think of it or I'll send you a link at some point. Um, and I listen to poker podcasts, of course. And I listen to DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports Podcasts, which is kind oh, of nice. Like, yeah. Um, that's kind of, and then every once in a while, like my wife will like, she'll be like, you have to listen to this one called Serial or, you know, like the, oh, the ones that, are, great. yeah, the ones that like everybody listens to. Like, right. I'll, I'll get those. I listen to some music ones. There's one called uh, Labeled, which is about the record label that I worked at before I left the music business. Oh, cool. Um, so they just tell like behind the scenes stories and stuff about back in the day at the label. Yeah. So I listen to that, but I don't listen to many big ones. Like I don't listen to Joe Rogan. You don't, why not? I don't know exactly. Um, I think because I have a very, I have a very focused, um, a very narrow focus of what I like to do. <laughs> so like, all it would take for me one time is like turn on Joe Rogan and he has on like, I don't know, some guy that, uh, I don't know, uh, he a, a Bitcoin expert or whatever. And I would just oh, stop he, listening because I have no interest. He does have a Bitcoin expert. Yeah. Or like a UFC the guy. Week, or... Yeah. Well, the next week he could have on uh, an astro physicist. On or right. And so like if somebody sent me one and said, hey, Joe. Oh, well, actually, you know what? I have listened to Joe Rogan before. Because uh, Gary Vaynerchuk was on there, so oh, like if somebody sends me all of a sudden goes, "Dude, you got to check out this Joe Rogan episode." There's this they, he has this entrepreneurship guy on, or this marketing guy, or this beer guy, or poker. Then he's I'll go a, watch it. He's had a poker guy on. Yeah, I think he had Ike Haxton on, right? Yes, that's yeah. who. And I think I watched that one too. Yeah, but I would never be a regular listener because, like you said, all of a sudden it would be the astrophysicist or the UFC guy or the guy who owns a cleaning company and i would just be like okay i'm out oh <laughs> I'm really tuning that's out. that's not your thing yeah like i don't i have no attachment to joe rogan yeah even though i it, but when i've watched him i know he's a good interview and yeah or a good interviewer and all that stuff but if it's not a topic i care about i just i just can't get into it okay that makes a lot of sense yeah sort of like with books it's why i don't read i only read non-fiction books oh, and, really? almost, and almost exclusively yeah. business marketing social media type books occasion like i've read a couple of like like books uh from guys who were in vietnam or like just random things like that but i haven't read a fiction book in probably 20 years yeah it's hard i've recently kind of stopped reading i used to love reading fiction but now i've been finding so many non-fiction books that are so awesome yeah and it's like 
wait a minute, this is crazy enough that this actually happened. Why am yeah. I going to read about some fake shit when some crazy real shit actually did yeah. happen that I can learn about? Right. <laughs> and I have like I I have read some nonfiction that I've enjoyed. I think the last nonfiction book I read was I think it was called The Long Walk. Who have heard it, of that one? It was by Stephen King, but he wrote it under a different name. And it's basically about a bunch of kids who have to walk. And if you start, if you go under four miles an hour, they shoot you. And I always thought it would be an amazing movie. Uh, but I think that was the last fiction book I read. It's just never they, been my thing. They, they, may have, they, they did make a movie about that. It was called Speed. Uh, yeah, uh, basically. <laughs> right. The car version of Long Walk. That's but yeah, I, I find like my time, like I find my time to be so limited. Right. So, you know, I basically wake up, I do TP stuff all day, and then I start my Twitch stream, which I have to do in 20 minutes, by the way. Yeah, I'll um, wrap this up. Um, and then I stream all, you know, until one or two in the morning, and then I do another two hours of work or so on TP stuff. Then I go to bed, and I just get up and do it all again. So there's not a whole lot. And, and I, I fit in, like, my favorite TV shows. And beyond that, like, I don't – if I'm not – if I'm not – if I'm reading a book, it's a book that's going to help me do those things. Not one that's going to be about an astronaut that went to Mars or something, you know. Like, no, no I, I respect the hell. Out and of that it. is not to say that there's anything wrong with fiction, or and and I would, probably would read fiction if I just had more time. But I just, no, I, I don't think anybody would take offense to your statement there at all. Yeah, there's probably some people who are like, "Oh, I, I hate nonfiction," you know. Well, that's fair. I understand that too. <laughs> but yeah, it's just my thing. No, I'm yeah, I'm right there with you. Um. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I think we went probably a little bit longer than you thought. Uh, it was fun though. I like. I'm a bit of people will really realize I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to this whole chasing your dream thing all the way through to like entrepreneurship and social media. Like it's it's what I pretty much think about 24 hours a day. So like, if you said, "Can we talk about this every day?" I'd probably well, I'd probably say no because I know I couldn't do it time wise. <laughs> right, right. But if I had the time, I'd probably say yes because I just. I enjoy it that much. And I don't think I'm really an expert at it. Like I could never run a course on social media. I just have the, I just have all the heart. You know what I mean? Like I'll, right. I'll spit like, I I'm sure you did too. Like you taught yourself how to podcast, right? Like you were like, well, shit, oh, I don't know. Like, I, what, I, how do I record now? <laughs> I'm know? teaching myself. There's so much stuff I have had to teach myself. It's insane. Yeah. If but I, it's fun I, as hell learning, right? It is. It's like, um, I, I've told a couple people now, like how many, I've spent ungodly amount of hours trying to figure this shit out because I knew absolutely nothing. Yeah. And it would feel like a job, like it was hard work, but it's never felt like work. This has all been fun. Like I love watching the YouTube videos. I love learning how to add a song, an intro song and then right. clip it here and then put like, I love learning this stuff. It's a yeah. lot of fun. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so much fun. And it keeps you relevant in terms of what you can do like way beyond what most people are you know what i mean so like if like for yourself if a year from now you finally are like i'm gonna pull the trigger i'm gonna quit my job or whatever i'm gonna go for this passion well whatever that passion is all this stuff's gonna help you do it you know what i mean like so if you decide you know you're gonna start i don't know a tv show or you're gonna I don't know, do podcasting full time or do a golf you know, be the golf guy or whatever you can literally just decide to do that by turning on the microphone and hitting record and start the journey you know uh, i would love to i mean i've I, I, a couple my dad the, the re, one of the reasons one to be honest with you kb one of the 
inspirations and motivations behind this podcast has been you. And wow, thanks, man. Yeah, and, and like no bullshit aside, like uh, just seeing your work ethic with your Twitch streams that I've been following. I've been at, with your Twitch streams since the beginning. Yeah, I would say very close to day one, if not day one. Yeah, because I was listening to you before, before you even started Twitch. I was listening to your podcast. Yeah, and I was super stoked when we started Twitch. Um, and so like you're one of the inspirations, and just like it's, I, I appreciate everything you do, and it's really helped me go forth with this and help helped with this podcast. And I, I appreciate you doing this for me. And I, yeah, it's, it's, I can't believe you're on this podcast. I appreciate you being here. I thank you so much. And yeah, I hope one day that I can, I'd love to get in the position where you are, where I can just be like, bye-bye work. Here I am. I'm a podcaster now. (laughs) You'll get there. Just set the plan and put the plan in motion. That's the key. (laughs) Yep. Right on, man. Yeah. And thanks for the kind words, man. It's super humbling. And it, it is what keeps, it's what always has made TPE and everything else I've done like super worth it. Is when I'm like walking, you know, I'm running through the Rio and I'm kind of pissed off because I just busted a tournament or something. And somebody's like, KB, right. I listen to your podcast all the time, man. Big fan. And I'm just like, nice. I'm like, you know, things are okay. Things are, right. yeah, I just busted that tournament, but life's going to be just fine. Yeah, man. Oh, man. man. So, I, I could keep talking to you forever, but I would, uh, I don't want to take all your time. I well, we'll just, we'll, we'll do this again in a few months and we'll just, uh, we'll start with the next topic. Yeah, that'd be dope, man. I'd, I'd really appreciate that. Awesome. Um, Again, I thank you so much, everybody. Check him out on another guy that's I've had on Twitch. It's Killing Bird. Yep, twitch.tv slash Killing Bird. Yep. You can find me there, and uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff as well. So Hell yeah. Uh, follow him. Dude, again, like I can't tell you. Seriously, dude, uh, podcast aside, like, well, this means a lot that you actually took the time out of your time, out of your day to actually be on this podcast with me and to like I've I've followed you. Like you you are involved with my greatest stream in the history of my Twitch streams. <laughs> uh, it's like that really set the set me off on the rust rocket ship of going from Twitch streaming to podcasting and just like I I owe you a lot, man. You don't even know. I hope cool. I can see you one day, and I hope I can buy you some beers. And uh, you're you're the man. I appreciate you, and I thank you for everything you do, man. Awesome! Can't wait to have that beer, brother. Oh yeah. All right. All right. Cheers. Neanderthals.